Shut up and sit down. All right. Hi, everybody. Party peeps. Jimmy Rhodes coming at you from the safe space at Channel 99 Studios uh, on YouTube's Channel 99 Studio. Hit that like and subscribe button and all the other good stuff and follow what we're doing. Uh, this is episode two of Sorry About Your Feelings. I am here with my good friend, Ginger Christensen, um, whom, how long we know each other? Oh, like a year. That's it? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Really? Because <laughs> yeah. I swear I met you a long time ago. Uh, I don't know, maybe. Yeah. Well, I think it was a year ago. <laughs> yeah, well, true. Okay. <laughs> I met you before, though. Yeah? Somewhere. Oh, you know, it's really possible because I kind of have... I know everybody from everywhere all the time. I've, right. I've toured around so much, and and you just kind of forget, and it's not a commentary on anybody. It's that you meet so many people in a day sometimes that you just... I get it. Unless you have a really good reason, like you've formed a, a deep interactive bond or hatred, <laughs> you will not yes, remember. I agree. <laughs> well, you... I remember a conversation we had. You remembered, uh, well, you at least knew of me from Rival Entertainment. Yeah. From all the shows I've booked over the years. Yeah. I think we knew about each other because we had okay. different entertainment companies, but I think we only met like last July. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> so yeah. it's one of those things where we knew of each other, but never actually met until last year. Yeah. That makes <laughs> sense to me because I honestly, I was sitting here going like, I don't remember where we ever met. Yeah, it, it was at Liquid at yeah. a club night that I was running called Nocturnum, and that was the first time we met, because you were like, hey, I'm out and about, and I'd like to finally meet you and come and talk some business, and I'm like, okay, well, this is where I'm at. So, okay, so that, yeah. make, that makes sense, gotcha, <laughs> which ended up turning out really well. Yeah, because we did, I helped you with Lion Fest, which yeah. you put on like the very next month. Yeah. And I helped you get the venue for that and stuff. And that that was really good. I did think. I ever thank you for that? Yeah. You okay, thanked good. me a whole bunch for that. Okay, that was good. very nice of you. Yeah, well, it was very nice of you to do that for me. So, uh, a little bit about you. Um, you are a business owner, obviously. Yes. With salon related things. Tell everybody a little yeah, about that. Yeah. So. Um, I, I run a few businesses, and they all kind of work together. So I have Wicked Wonderland Entertainment, which is my entertainment company um, and record label. And so my record label distribution is all over the world. Oh, nice. Um, my entertainment company, before lockdown, we were running events all over the country and also in Canada and Mexico. <laughs> oh, wow. Whereabouts and, in Mexico? Um I think that the promoter that I was working with there was somewhere close to Mexico City. Okay. Yeah. And so Mexico City um, and places like that, they still have, well, before lockdown, um, I don't know how they're doing in Mexico these days. I should check. Uh, they have a very thriving goth industrial scene, which is the kind of um, events I tend to put on. It's all subculture really so we do steampunk and punk and and stuff that has no genre at all as well um but in mexico it's almost like if you went back to post-punk in the 80s and they're still doing that they have and this isn't my show they have this big thing every year that i really want to go to and it's called viva glam and they get hundreds of thousands of people there and they are all like decked out in their goth wear and done up and it's 
it's an amazing event and it's huge it's bigger than most things we get in the u.s anymore over the last decade so they did pretty well down there when i was um helping to put on events in that direction i didn't always get to go to every event i was putting on sometimes i was just running events from a distance and helping with organization and and putting my label on it so that got them would get different promoters a lot more people because i'm better known and um, that was always kind of my uh, direction that I wanted to take is being able to build up sub subculture and help other promoters kind of like I helped you. Right. Like all of this stuff needs to happen and the music scene needs to never die. And um, Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> isn't this killing you right now? <laughs> it's yeah. Driving me insane. Well, we've had to, we had to do in my last band – um, well, I guess I didn't tell you about that either. Uh, we had to do two live streams in April and May um, because of all this. And that was all yeah. we could do. Yeah. yeah. It was, I mean, oh my God. We're doing stuff like that with the entertainment company. We're running shows and we're marketing it around the world with entertainers from all over the world. And what we do is we pre-record the video and then we put on um, a party like a chat party where everybody mm -hmm. watches the stuff at the same time and they might do like a little home party with with their polycule or their buddies or whoever it is they're comfortable having around um in in their various homes but we do kind of a chat party and people will take pictures and videos of themselves at you know participating uh -huh. in the party and um that's worked really well and then you could they get a copy of that video to keep forever Oh, cool. And so um, the the next one is the Wonderlander Tea Party, and that's on the nineteenth, and um, of September. Of September. Gotcha. Yeah, for whenever this airs. <laughs> yeah, so it's on the nineteenth of September, and we're doing like exclusive band interviews with that, and things that you might not even get to see if you were at a live party because you may not always get to talk to this DJ or this person in this band or get to Very know cool. them. So, yeah. And you do a lot of DJ work too, right? Yeah, I DJ and I, I tour as a DJ as well. And I have a band, which yes. is also on my record label. Lithium Dolls. Lithium Dolls. Yes. And uh, yes. uh, uh, Bones is in that, right? Um, Bones sometimes. James. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes we take different people with us. Um, my primary bandmate is Carrie Dextra. Oh, okay, you I know, know. Carrie very well. Yeah, yeah. I love Carrie. And, yeah, he's my primary bandmate. And then um, we take different people on the road with us to do road gigs. Yeah. So sometimes we'll bring this person that plays a bass or this person that plays maybe a violin this time. And we take dancers and we usually take a DJ to play the backing tracks because cool. um, Carrie and I write all the backing tracks. Uh, I write most of them, but he started to write them with me a little bit. And um, or at least come through and edit and make sure that it sounds right and master. Okay. Um, and I can't play all of that at the same time as sing the song. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that gets tough. It, yeah, it's still me performing all the things. Um, a lot of times I'm even plugging my keyboard in and recording that, and then making it different instruments. Although some of it's samples and stuff. Do you run loops and whatnot? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. So um, we do that, and so that's on the record label. So there's Wicked Wonderland. And then I also have Wicked, um, which is my cosmetics company and my um, 
aesthetic company where we do spa stuff. Okay. And so it especially caters to underground people and so cosmetics that they might enjoy and colors they might enjoy and all of the spa lines are really cool names we have like the zombie line and there's um the sunblock is like the daywalker block nice (laughs) yeah and there's like the fairy sun shield which has glitter in it so that you can have sunblock with glitter do you have a blade daywalker sunscreen yeah well i couldn't put blade on it but it is it is about that level of sunblock (laughs) you said you said daywalker and my comic book mind immediately went to blade the vampire hunter yeah well that is what i named it after but you know uh licensing (laughs) yeah totally there's this thing thanks marvel comics yeah so um (laughs) yeah so i have all of that with the cosmetics and all of it kind of is its own synergy and works together very cool yeah that's what you should do like you should have branding so once you become really good as a promoter or once you become really good as a rock star whatever it is you're doing um comedy like my partner does uh you want your own branding so maybe you're selling your artwork along with it or maybe you're selling t-shirts or maybe like me you're selling cosmetics um, sorry, I moved away from the camera. It sounded all funny. No, you're okay. <laughs> um, so maybe now you're doing cosmetics because goth people need makeup. Right. <laughs> you know? Well, one question I had uh, for you not, since you've been talking about this in the goth, uh, how, what is that considered like a like a lifestyle or a genre? I hate that word by the way. But is <laughs> what's goth considered more of like a lifestyle type thing, kind of like punk rock? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So have, dealing with a lot of people in that uh, in that arena, if you will, um, makeup is a very big part, both for the men and the women involved, yes. correct? Yes, it okay. is. And, I mean, you do you. So one thing that I often teach when I'm teaching people how to do their makeup is the purpose of makeup is to help you to feel and look on the outside like you feel on the inside so if you feel like a valley girl by all means do your makeup like a valley girl (laughs) oh my god if and and you know james st james once said and he was one of the early founders of the rave scene back in the days of new york and the limelight and all of that um he said you know so what if you look like a troll or if you feel like a troll, you should look like a troll. You know, so what if you have a hump? Just throw some glitter on it, honey, and go dancing. And so that's a thing that I think we should go with. If you feel like a troll, why not Right. get really decked out and look like a troll? You know, <laughs> why not get really decked out and look like devil incarnate or a fairy? Seems fitting. You know, yeah. Did you, I also remember... Uh... Like on the social media stuff in the past, the hooks, the hanging. Oh, yeah. And so, what's the guy's – I know the guy – one of the sin. guys that does it, the, the tall dude with long hair. Okay, so the guy with the top hat? Yeah. Is, um, so that's Hatter. Hatter. And, and yeah, what's his real name, though? Like I know my real name. Yeah, it's Jesse Matthews. Jesse, thank you. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Hatter is actually my husband. <laughs> so oh, okay. we were married for a decade. And, I did not know that. Yeah, I'm pretty old. Um, so my cosmetics. Hey, are... I just turned forty, Ginger. <laughs> Careful. I'm forty-two. You are. Yeah. Oh wow, I would have never guessed. <laughs> Thanks. You look great for being forty-two. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. So buy my skincare. Shameless yeah, right? plug. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. No, do it, please. <laughs> was it, at one point wasn't uh, your 
you were called Wicked Garden, like on Instagram? Yeah, so I had a shop in Nampa called Wicked Garden for a little while. Yeah, okay. the shop. And, and that was a pretty cool adventure. Um, so initially, more than a decade ago, that's how long ago I was married. Um, so that's how old that I am. Uh, I had a spa with, with Hatter. What okay. are you talking about? We owned that business together, and we had run it for a number of years, and it was really cool. It was the first of its kind in Idaho, although maybe not in the world. Um, but in Idaho, we had to work with the cosmetology board to kind of change how we operated just to make this be possible. We did um, – we combined a salon, um, a massage place, so you could have a spa – um, you could have facials, you could have waxing, you could have your nails done, and you could get tattoos and piercings in the same location. Oh, cool. And he was the body piercer. And um, I was the esthetician, which is like a spa care professional. Right. And Esthetician so, dealing with skin, correct? Yeah. So when we parted ways, I gave him that store. And it was a long time later because I was out touring for a number of years um, with my band, doing promotions, running parties. Um, um, performing as a burlesque performer and doing a whole lot of things like that. So I was almost never home because I was always on tour. And then I had a little boy and I had to slow down. So I had Wicked Garden in Nampa um, because, you know, I put down roots for a little bit. And then I decided I wanted to move again. <laughs> and so I, I just went ahead and closed it and um, opened like a private studio Okay. For doing spa work. And that's what we were talking about earlier yeah. in the kitchen. Gotcha. Okay, very cool. So that's that's kind of a good segue. I'm glad you, that you yeah. mentioned that. So your son, um, and you said he's six now? Yeah, he's okay. six and a half. Prince Wiggles, the destroyer? Prince Wiggles, the destroyer yeah. of worlds. Yeah, he's oh he's boy. super cute, by the way. <laughs> he is like, super cute. All the pictures that you posted him. <laughs> so one of the, the big things um, that really attracted me to having you on this um you made a post probably i don't know three weeks ago a month ago now yeah, maybe and it dealt with uh add um which as i told you is very personal to me because in 1983 or 84 when i was just a little guy uh i was diagnosed with add um preschool was they started me off on dexedrine which is just basically speed, yeah. you know, pharmaceutical grade. And then in fifth, uh, when I was five in kindergarten, it was then it was Ritalin, which is methylphenidate, which is a cocaine derivative and mixed with pharmaceutical grade amphetamine. Yeah. And was... giving that to someone who's, and as you, you obviously probably know a lot of this stuff, like your systems aren't developed, you know, fully at that age, et cetera, et cetera. We are giving our children illegal drugs that have been rebranded as legal drugs. Correct. And we have deemed those illegal drugs to be so toxic and dangerous to people that adults can't that take them. Adults cannot take them and are not allowed to have them willingly and and willingly and on mm -hmm. purpose. And we are giving them to our children. I, you know, some people really believe in in the meds, and I cannot tell somebody else how to parent. I would suggest against it <laughs> yes yeah same here agreed and and you know not to get off on a whole other tangent because we've had some <laughs> hey it's all right but 
the the drug war is so freaking ridiculous, isn't it? Yes. As long as a pharmaceutical company rebrands it and says it's okay, then it's okay, and don't forget to drink your milk. But <laughs> <laughs> if if you as a person choose to, as an adult, buy it from somebody and take it and use it yourself, whether I think that's a good idea or not, and whether I think that's good for you or not, is irrelevant because, so here you are and you've chosen to take it yourself and now you get to go to jail and have your whole life ruined because shame on you for putting that in your body. How dare you do that? Well, but we can give it to kids. Exactly. And as long as... With a prescription, With though. a prescription, though. Right. Well, what what made that okay? What what That's were the question. things in line that made that okay? Well, the FDA made that okay. Why did they make that okay? Because they, you know, it takes a billion dollars or more to put a drug on the market. So the FDA made it okay because, because they got paid. Because testing? Um, some of it. Some of it's just paying into the FDA. <laughs> really? Interesting. So, do you, how much of that do you know about? I'm, I'm um, very interested in I know a that. little bit. I would probably prefer to share some some links for research later so I don't get the numbers all wrong. But, yeah, okay. some, of it, some of it goes directly to them. And, and then what else made that okay? The pharmaceutical industry made that okay. The insurance industry made that okay. Those are all people that got paid. They're, they're all making money. So it's okay for them to be legal drug dealers, but it's not okay for everybody else to be illegal drug dealers. And the only difference Correct. between the two is money. Right. And it There is some testing, but our testing then should have said this is toxic and dangerous to children if it's toxic and dangerous over here. So if all of the things we say over here are true that make it illegal – why are all of these things true? People did some funny things with some numbers, you know, right. and, and that's just it. And some people on the Internet are probably going to want to yell and argue about that and be very angry. But this is the safe space. So fuck you. <laughs> very well done. Very well done. You know, that's just a play on words, right? Yeah, I got okay. it. Totally. I, I couldn't help it. When I, when I, was, I was playing on words, too. That you could go perfect. ahead and yell at me. And that's going to be my response. That's perfect. Well, when I was offered this, uh, we were sitting around and I was trying to come up with the name. And it just worked out that sorry about your feelings is the acronym safe, <laughs> right? It's it's kind of perfect. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, you see kind of what I'm up to with the social media and stuff. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, and whatever happened in this country to being able to civilly disagree? And Good question. What, whatever happened to the idea that journalism is supposed to present you with facts so that you can form your own opinions instead of being a bunch of op-eds and facts somebody made up and facts somebody was paid to make? And I'm not trying to spew a bunch of conspiracy theories here because some of that is not correct when you see it out in the world online. Some of it isn't true. But some of it is. Correct. Very much so. <laughs> and so we can't just throw out babies with bathwater, can we? We need to actually look at all of the facts when we form an opinion and go, okay, well, this is similar but not the same. <laughs> right, right. And this one is, can be true while this one can be not true. And so anyway, back to the, the drugs and stuff that we are giving to children, um, 
one of the top researchers in the country and top doctors on um, autism spectrum is somebody that is very against these medications. So um, that's something you can look up is there, and sometimes I think there are some meds that might be necessary for some children. But when you look at ADHD and most of autism spectrum, people think about things like Rain Man, or they think about things like the kid that's wearing the earmuffs and rocking back and forth, and a lot of spectrum people don't look like that and are not that. Right. There probably are some, but most of them are just out walking around having a normal life. And so where you're talking about being diagnosed, and my my son is on the border of the spectrum as well, and he's a super awesome kid. Um, and you can definitely tell where that border is. <laughs> but you can also tell that he is one of the most amazing children in the whole world. And he is really cool and a lot of fun to be around. <laughs> Question. He's probably really smart, right? Oh, extremely smart. What things is he interested in? And, I mean, obviously he's a six-year-old, so with the mind of a six-year-old that's probably so full of questions and imagination and energy, yeah. what are the types <laughs> of things that he's interested in? He likes to build. Okay. More than anything, he is always – everything is always – under construction and that's part of why he's the destroyer of worlds because in his frantic need to constantly be building he often destroys things to build something else with them okay makes <laughs> sense. is he like really into like legos or things like that or is that still a thing yeah legos are still a okay. thing he loves legos he'll do the lincoln logs he'll that's do still like a thing? yeah wow he'll do the magnetic blocks He'll, okay. if you give him some two by fours, he'll sit and build a structure with that. Um, <laughs> nice. He'll build things out of the table and the the lamp and the glass face and oh, it broke. And <laughs> so he has very good cognitive abilities. Yeah, he was um, at the top of his class for kindergarten last year, and these days they they test out kindergartners and test so them out. Explain. They, you do testing. Like you, like they test kids in elementary school, uh -huh. so they do they do testing. They have like to, standardized testing. Yeah, they okay. have to do standardized testing, and so he was testing out at the very top of his class. Okay. Uh, the only thing he was a little behind on was, of course, fine motor skills, which is pretty common for ADHD autism spectrum, and so. We've worked on that quite a bit, but I've always worked with him because I could tell from an early age that he had this. Uh, most of the men and a few of the girls in my family um, have had this, and so it's just kind of run along. And so I was able to recognize it pretty early where I think if I were a different parent, I may still not know. Understood. Yeah. What are some of the symptoms, if you will? I don't like that word really for this, but what are what are some of the actually the markers? What's some of the behaviors? I guess behaviors. And I think that's a better term. What yeah. are some of the behaviors for people that aren't familiar with this? Yeah. Well, somebody there's there's a lot of them. Somebody with things like ADHD, they might either hyper focus and be very quiet, 
or they might have more of a chaotic focus and be bouncing off the walls. Now we tend to think of ADHD as that that second type where they're so busy and they're talking really fast and they're all over the place, but actually there is another type where they're just very, very quiet. (laughs) Okay. And you can completely miss it. Um, wow, okay. Yeah, and they tend to hyper-focus, and it can mean that they tend to do very well in school if they are learning things they're interested in. Correct. Because they will focus. That's 100% correct. Yeah, um, but it can also mean that they don't do well because this isn't something I care about. However, let me show you all about this algebra equation and the first grade, you know. I do, so, yes. <laughs> I understand that 100%. Um, so you might see something like that. Um With people both on the Aspie part of the autism spectrum and ADHD, and they often overlap. And when you say Aspie, you mean Asperger's? Yeah. They're still looking for a different term for that. Um, And and there's a lot of reasons why, but they're even still trying to get it relisted in the DSM. So there's a lot that we don't know. Um, But there's a lot of things that we do know by now. And so one thing is that both tend to have something called visual chaos. And I think that's the thing you might have commented on. Like, I think it was, it was a couple weeks what, back. What, the main thing that drew me to that, and we'll come back to the visual chaos, because that's a very, very interesting term. I'm yeah. very interested in hearing your take on that, was the fact of, because, again, I was diagnosed with the ADD. I don't, yeah. and, and in the 80s, you know, I don't think that, you know, the, the autism thing was, was as recognized. Um, and, you know, obviously you mentioned Rayman and the earmuff kids. Yeah. Um, the thing that drew me very much was the fact of like the nighttime. Oh yeah. Where at night people that, that are, you know, and I call it having this gift, um, (laughs) if you will, that are gifted with these things. Um, because I'm very much this way. Um, the sun goes down and I'm like ready to rock and roll, you know, when the sun's out, I'm like, eh, I want to go to sleep. But soon as it becomes nighttime, um, my brain and my circadian rhythm and everything that that I do and everything about me just expands exponentially. And so that really drew me when I read that. I was like, wow, that's an amazing thing. So uh, to, and again, we can, we can kind of move into that, but the visual chaos, like, like, please explain that to people. Okay. So visual chaos is where maybe you see very clearly and maybe you don't. So you could probably read an eye chart, but maybe not. You might need glasses. Um, I actually had to put mine on. (laughs) Yeah. So what that is, is it isn't the same as whether or not you can see clearly is whether or not your spatial relationships make sense. And so, yeah. So somebody with visual chaos, if they are very focused on something, like they might be staring at your eyes or your mouth um, when you're talking. And a lot of people do learn to compensate that way so that they can, they can listen and understand. Um, They can be very focused on that and not notice everything else in the room. Now, someone like me, I, I am not on the spectrum and I'm a very, in a lot of ways, a rather average secure person. And, and that's an attachment type. It's not uh, a commentary on my personality per se, but, and, and thinking style. 
I'm a pretty average person. So I'm looking at you and I'm talking to you. I'm also very aware of a person sitting over there and a person sitting over there, which they are. (laughs) You guys can't see them, but there's people in here. There's people in here. And I'm very aware (laughs) of what they're what they're doing even in my periphery and even though I can't see them entirely I know what they're up to I know there's a wall behind me I can probably remember what's on it or not I know that there's things around me and it all makes sense whereas somebody having visual chaos they're either tunnel visually visualizing on one specific thing or everything is kind of floating around and and they don't realize it's different for everyone else. So things are kind of floating around and in different places and they can't quite tell maybe what's going on over there because everything, and this contributes a lot to ADHD, everything is going on all the time. And wait, what was that? What was that? And they're partially doing that because I'm aware of all of these things, but if something over there caught your attention like a fly, you weren't aware of over there two seconds ago. And now there's a fly over there. And so it makes it very hard to focus. Okay. (laughs) That makes perfect sense. Yeah. And so what we've learned is that for some people with this going on, they actually need a special type of prismatic glasses that makes it so that it puts everything into the correct perspective. But another treatment that's kind of developing and was really interesting for me to try with my little boy was um, watching 3D movies. So for normal people, normal is the wrong word for the thing I mean, for somebody with average vision, (laughs) for somebody with average vision, um, you go to a 3D movie and it is a 3D movie. Stuff is popping out at you, blah, blah, blah. That's how it, it works, and it's designed to work. Okay. For somebody that is having visual chaos, they might see that a little bit or not at all at first. And so for Wiggles, oh, wow. yeah. And so these people tend to get headaches a lot if they try to go to 3D movies and do not like them. <laughs> wow. Because your brain's reorienting. And and so okay. my even mentioning that probably will speak to a few people that are like, wait. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> is, it, is, it, is that kind of on, on the same principle? Remember those, uh, like, we grew up in the same time frame. So you remember... I don't know, sixth or seventh grade when they had you to probably you were a couple years older, so um, the pictures, and you had to stare at them to see what was actually in them. It, it was like the you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, with the little called. viewfinder thingy. No, 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 no. They'd no. be like on a piece, like they were like books of them. Oh, those. Yeah, and it was so it'd be like like. The, and you'd have to stare at them and see the picture, correct. and it's all these weird and dots, I and then it should pop out at you. Freaking see them. Yeah. Ever. Like, is that kind of run yes. along the same line? Yes, it is. Okay. It is it's totally on the same line. Gotcha. I literally could never find, and it's like, yeah. dude, it's a sailboat. It's kind of like in, what was the, yeah, mall, you in mall, see that. remember Mall Rats? Yeah. But he's like, dude, it's, I think he says that too. He's like, dude, it's a sailboat. <laughs> it's like, where? And he's like standing there forever <laughs> trying to see it. But so that's essentially the same kind of thing, like the 3D movie, the, the 3D yeah. picture, that kind of thing. Yeah, so... I don't know about the 3D pictures being this way, but the 3D movies are actually a therapy for the visual chaos. Okay. So one thing that you can do and that you can try, and people can try this at home, it costs about a buck for a pair of 3D glasses. You can buy them online all over the place. And you can watch 
um, 3D movies for 3D glasses on YouTube. Uh And you want to be careful because some of them are people watching a 3D movie. And if you're an adult, you're not going to know the difference if you really have this problem really badly. You're going to be like, okay, I'm not getting anything. So it's 3D movies for 3D glasses. And with my son, I sat him down to watch this and I was really shocked because I wanted to kind of give this a try. This wasn't going to hurt anything, you know. Um, So let's go ahead and try this out and see what happens. Maybe he'll be entertained. He gets to watch 3D movies. He couldn't see the first two as being anything different. And so he's like, why are we watching this? And why are the colors funny? <laughs> oh, wow. You know? and, the, and he yeah. had the glasses on. He had the glasses okay. on. And he's just like, okay, the colors are weird and I don't like it. During the third one, all of a sudden, he could see that. And images were popping out of him. And he's getting such a good laugh out of it. And he's going nuts. And he's like trying to grab the stuff. And I'm like, yeah, see? One thing that happens with people when they are having visual chaos is they tend to do some things that you may not realize, especially when it's a child, but this carries on into adulthood as habits. They will do things like cling to walls and hang out on them. My little boy would like to ride doors and I thought he was just being a butt. (laughs) (laughs) And I would always yell at him for doing this and I didn't realize it was a marker. Um, So He's trying to orient himself in the room, okay. but the room is not in a solid state. <laughs> so I'm doing that by clinging to this door, and I'm going to swing around on it because it's fun. Now everything's going everywhere. That's great. It's less fun for him now. <laughs> so maybe I robbed him of something. I don't know. <laughs> well, but, could it be that, that as he matures and it, like some of these things like like you know are grown out of so to sometimes speak. they do grow out of it a little bit um and sometimes they just learn to compensate for it so much they just don't even realize that that's what they're doing and okay. so they might cling to walls um they might in fact one time when i was reading about this and i was trying to figure it out I asked him to stop hanging on to the wall to talk to me because he would do it all the time. He just like, if he was talking to me, he'd just be like up against the wall. I asked him to stop doing that. This poor kid lay down on the floor. Oh, wow. <laughs> he, he could not stop himself from standing up against the wall. And I never noticed that this was peculiar. Right. <laughs> you might not notice somebody is just leaning on the wall. Um, you know, I do it a lot because, like, I get lightheaded. So <laughs> right. there are other reasons for doing that. So I just thought he was hanging out. And he straight laid on the floor and he's just continuing the conversation because he had to cling to something. <laughs> right. So putting himself on the floor oriented him. Yeah. In essence. And I was just like, holy shit, this is a real thing. And Very cool. And so somebody that has this visual chaos, you can't point at something and tell them to get that. If Depending on the degree they have it, they're going to be looking everywhere. What? Kind of like a cat would. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you pointing at? If If they have an object, so one thing that would frustrate me sometimes before I knew is maybe he would have his shoes and he'd take them off and set them down next to him. And I'd say you weren't supposed to take your shoes off. We're trying to leave to go somewhere. Put your shoes back on. And he couldn't find his shoes. They were sitting next to him. Oh, wow. 
and you know and yeah because now they are lost into space <laughs> that's amazing yeah now we just call that we're 40 plus and yeah. like, why did i come into this room <laughs> why did i come into this room <laughs> that is a recall problem totally. that's a whole different deal yeah totally 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 <laughs> and so you might notice these with your children or they might be overly clingy to you uh-huh. and always hanging on you my kid was always doing that and and this is a way for them to orient themselves. This though. is a way for them to orient themselves. Or they okay. have a lot of people with Asperger's are known for having really terrible sense of personal space. And ah, okay, yeah. I see. That makes <laughs> and, sense. And so you'll know, you'll notice that somebody is doing this where they are either really far from you or they're really close, and they're yes. being like a close talker. And the, yes, <laughs> yeah, so good. many things relate to Seinfeld right now. Yeah, so right. So you might recognize this going on. It's because they have no idea of that depth perception or your personal space. And it's not that they're not trying to respect that. It's that they have visual chaos and they do not know they are this close to you. I get it. Okay, that makes a lot of sense actually. Yeah. Yeah, isn't so, it suddenly? Visual, yes, v- like very much. Like I'm sitting here as you're talking, like thinking about my younger days. Yeah. Um, and again, like I said, you know, in the 80s, like one of the reasons like I'm, like I'm personally so interested in this is because none of this information was a thing. At all. Like it was called ADD back then. Now it's ADHD. Now, you know, like there's all yeah. these, these different things going on. And so, but hearing this stuff, it's kind of like, wow, am I on the spectrum? Like. Well, Um, and probably ADHD goes on and off the autism spectrum, but it actually, I believe, belongs there. Yeah. I'm not an authority to decide that, but some people also that are believe that it belongs there. And, And there's a good reason for that is because some of this, and we don't know if it's all of this, but it's possible. Um, some of this, and these are in some newer medical journals. I think I read about it the first time five years ago. Um, and there's so much information out there, and it's all over the place, and it all contradicts itself. I, I enjoy reading medical journals. I Sounds do it like for a fun. men's health magazine. Yeah, yeah. The internet <laughs> is a men's health magazine. Like literally, one month it's this, and then the next month it's this. But it's and the they same all change thing. their minds. But then they, yeah, totally. Yeah. And and so and whatever Google has decided is the thing that they want to go with is the narrative. They're going to pop up as now you're going to see six ar- articles that were all copy pasted with the same opinion because we don't want you to think anything else, right? So <laughs> people will think they're an authority when they didn't bother, they didn't understand how to research, and that's okay. But understanding how to research means you need to look at different opinions correct whether you agree or not part of the point of forming an opinion and part of how you do that or finding facts for that matter is that you have looked at all of the evidence correct instead of just going with your knee-jerk reaction of whatever an op-ed told you <laughs> oh, I love it. Right? Wow. Okay, so. It's, hey, we're taking pot shots right yeah, now. Yeah, I do. <laughs> no, that, and that's this good. This is that's, the safe space. That's yes, it is. About. It's perfect. We're going to make some well, people mad. <laughs> I, really, I really like how you just said that and how you phrased those things because one thing I'm, I'm finding out to, to be very, uh, just for a side note real quick, one thing I'm finding very much out um, in my endeavor, if you will, with doing what I'm doing is that a lot of the stuff that I talk about isn't stuff that I just heard about last week. 
Research. I'm talking 15 plus years of actually like researching this stuff. And so when I say things that sound very outlandish, a lot of people are, oh, you're just pushing this right wing narrative. But like I told you, I'm not really on that side either. Right. Well, and sometimes that's the problem with what happens with the right wing narratives. and, And sometimes I think the media does it on purpose where they take something that is a fact. Yes. And then they blow it up in a weird way or a way that is then surrounded by things that are very much not true. And then you cannot believe the fact because everything surrounding it wasn't true. A lot of people think that. Instead, you should look for the part that is that grain of truth, the pearl of wisdom within, and then throw the rest away. Very nicely put. (laughs) Right. And so um, back at the thing, what we think is causing autism right now and ADHD, and it's the same thing, is probably something to do with an irregular level of cortisol. Your cortisol in your brain is dysregulated. And wow. Yeah. So what that is, is it is a hormone in your body mm-hmm. that is your stress hormone. Yes, very much so. <laughs> and, and so that ends up damaging your amygdala. What it does then is it wipes out um, things that would be related to your circadian rhythm, okay. such as your 5-HTP and your serotonin and, mm-hmm. and your GABA regulation and stuff like that, and how all of that works, it it wipes that out. of out. It makes it so that those things are then underproduced while it's being overproduced. And there is a reason why you have that function in your brain is so that in times where you need extreme survival. Fight or flight. Yeah, that is your fight function. Got it. So in times in nature where you would need this, and and maybe even for long periods of time too, you would need to live through um, a hard time, so you would need to survive with your tribe, you're going to need to develop that stress hormone and these things going on in your brain, and you're going to need to be able to do things like hyperfocus mm-hmm. that has a function correct it just doesn't have a function in a well-functioning society it then doesn't so make any like sense everyday life yeah so so the average life that we have now even through a pandemic as hard as things are are much easier than perhaps living on plains where volcanoes are going off and there's a beast that is going to eat you. Where you're in, sur- <laughs> in survival mode. Where you're in survival all mode. All the time. All the time. Yeah. We are not constantly in survival mode all the time. We are partially right, right now. Um, and so this does have a function. It, there is a necessity, but it is misregulated for what is happening. So it is possible that either your brain was wired this way, it might be genetics, Um, It might also be that your mother was having a lot of stress during her pregnancy, which does not make that her fault. Um, But maybe she's having physical stress. Maybe she's having emotional stress. Throughout her pregnancy, her cortisol might have been dysregulated. So, Which in the, turn affects the fetus. If, yeah, then okay. it affects the baby and it might be born that way. There might be a combination of those things where genetically you're predisposed. And so since your mom was a little stressed out... Um, 
then you're just going to be that way. So it goes into to your wiring, essentially. Yeah, essentially. Are you familiar with cortisol in, in the fitness world at all? Yes. About how basically like one of the things in, in the fitness game uh, when talking with nutrition and stuff with people is just like cortisol is one of the reasons why a lot of people cannot get rid of, of body fat. Yes. When they're trying to trim up. And because their cortisol is overproduced, essentially yeah. the stress hormone, as you, as you said, um, so relating that in adults, then, you know, like, obviously that's a thing and, and that's awesome that you know about that. Um, and going back to the, to the children and from where you just came. So, you know, this thing of kids, cortisol production and, and again, to be clear, you know, with everyone, like there's a, there's a, an imbalance chemically, if you will, inside the brain of, of kids that are are dealing with these issues that we're talking about yes. the, the spectrum and the ADD and the ADHD I guess it's just ADHD now it's not ADD any longer I, I think it depends on what you read because sometimes they classify it as two separate disorders oh, okay yeah and so it just depends some people say it's only ADHD and some people classify it as two different things gotcha on the same spectrum okay. And so, yeah, what you'll have then, since you know about the cortisol, is you'll have children that are very skinny. And as they get older, they start putting on a lot of weight that then they just cannot seem to get rid of Mm -hmm. when they're on the spectrum. And that doesn't happen every time, but it happens often. And you have to, in order to keep that in check, do a lot of things that you're probably doing as a bodybuilder. Sometimes just even bodybuilding itself puts that into check sometimes you need supplements Um, often you need the supplements and really you can correct a lot of these behaviors in childhood through nutrition through nutrition and proper supplementation and so with wiggles for instance we saw when he was going through his terrible twos that then ended up being terrible threes and fours um that he would have meltdowns a lot and and he would just have like if you gave him any amount of wheat at all if you gave him a cookie 20 minutes later you can expect that he's going to be angry so he has a gluten (laughs) allergy um what happens is for some reason a lot of people that are aspies they have are lacking an enzyme that okay. digests it, and so it's not exactly celiacs. It's kind of an intolerance, and it can get worse over time and even develop into celiacs later on in life if they keep eating the wheat. Um, and that's funny because a lot of them really crave the wheat, and they want to eat nothing but things like pizza or right. whatever chips, and, and that's a really hard thing to get them off of because they really want it. But we think that the cortisol is wiping out the enzymes in your body that are able to digest that. that. aid in digestion and whatnot. Yeah. So my question now, having said that, this is really good um, because it now, you know, obviously, like, you know, my main source of income is the fitness thing and nutrition is like, I went to school for that. And like, that's the basis of what I teach people. Yeah. So with the chemical imbalances that are happening and obviously you've, you've studied enough that you, you can con- confidently speak about this and, and share this. Um, what value would you put on nutrition with, children especially you know from from you know 
being babies from, you know, for instance, like, so, like, we know that breastfeeding is good for children because of the fats in the milk that come out for brain development. That's one big thing. What role and what's your take on children's nutrition as far as, you know, what things we should be promoting for children to be eating? What th- as, and I mean as a, as a society and as a whole and as adults and whatnot. Oh, yeah. What things should we be promoting for, for children, you know, right. like just in general? Well, I'll, I'll tell you what I know so far because there's, there's always more stuff to find. And a lot of parents have had um, some better results with some other things or differing results with some other things. I personally, because we recognize this early, when my son is the most outgoing little boy now, and I've, I've taught him things like uh, to trust his instincts about who to talk to and who not to talk to, because you never know if somebody that might hurt you is going to be a stranger or someone you know. Right. Um, and so he's very outgoing. Uh, when he was a baby, he wouldn't make eye contact with with anyone but me wow. he wouldn't let anyone hold him but me um most of the time sometimes very rarely is he but... empathic at all by the way oh very okay well, <laughs> yeah you said that and that immediately came to mind well, so. well think about it if if you are hardwired to be able to have the instincts for the maximum survival you're also going to be very good at being able to read people mm-hmm. and being able to imprint on them or off of them mm-hmm. and things like that. So there's your empaths. I get it. Okay. That <laughs> makes know? perfect sense. And, and not everybody on the spectrum is that type. It's often described more as um, attachment sciences, anxious attachment. Mm-hmm. And, but a lot of people on the spectrum are anxious attachment most of the people on the spectrum are anxious attachment. <laughs> and so as a baby, I breastfed him late. I breastfed him till he was three. Okay. Because we recognized that he is very advanced. He can do all of these things, but he is also doing things like he doesn't sleep. <laughs> and uh, he wouldn't make eye contact and he wouldn't want, he would cling to me and wouldn't want anyone else at all. And, and there's various things that you you notice and recognize especially when you've been around children like that where certain people he would be okay but most of the time not and if I left the room he would just lose his mind (laughs) so um he he always had to have mom around all the time so we breastfed him late and I think that helped a lot with his brain development and then um later we did start supplementing with things like that naturally occur in the body um, and for a long while. So we do things like 5-HTP, which when your um, cortisol is way too high, you don't have that. Um, We also did things like taurine. Um, Really? Yeah. So taurine is an enzyme that also naturally occurs in your body. If you're getting damage to your amygdala, if you're having too much cortisol, it does cause damage to your brain. It creates an imbalance of glutamate in your brain. Really? And glutamate is important. Wow. You need that in your body. And you also need some of it in your brain. But if you're having way too much, then you are going to have trouble functioning. And so we find this even with people that have brain trauma and TBIs that 
one thing that really helps them is is taking taurine, um, especially for things like migraines. Uh, mm-hmm. Two thousand, I think it's two thousand milligrams of taurine stops a migraine in its tracks if you take it when it first starts. Wow, taurine is, if I remember right, comes from cow stomach. Um, it can like supplemental wise. Um. It depends on the supplement you buy. Yeah. So it it can, okay. but it can also, they find it in a number of different foods, and it right. naturally, okay. naturally occurs in humans. Foods. Got you. Yeah. I'm just so, thinking of, like, the energy drinks. Yeah, I read something drinks. one time where that was the, the uh, they were like, yeah, and it's kind of like creatine, which is an amino acid, yeah. comes from cow blood. Yeah. Right. And um, so I think the Red Bulls, I don't remember if that turned out to be true or not, but I know that that went around about Red Bull, and uh, I don't super recommend taking those or yeah, drinking me those. Me neither. That yellow dye is going to shut down your well, kidneys. Well, just taurine, <laughs> I yeah, know. Yeah, she knows. <laughs> yeah, totally. I know taurine was in the Monster Energy drinks for sure. Yeah. I used to drink those uh, back when I competed, actually, actively. Yeah. Like, I mean, the dieting down process is not... Uh, uh, pleasant. Let's just put it that way. Right. So, you know, on top of all the other supplements, it's like you need energy because you're hungry all the time for 12 weeks. Yeah. So I would drink two or three monsters a day just to give a jolt so I could train people and stuff because I would be nodding out from my lack of carbohydrates and right. things like that. Yeah. See, carbs can be your friend. They if, are your friend. If, if you're active enough, carbs are your friend. Yes. The those diets that want you to cut out all carbs altogether, those are for people that are on inactive steroids. or on steroids. Well, they're very dangerous because of the fact, and this I'm I'm really glad that we got on the topic of nutrition. Um, this is something that I'm very strong with, especially with kids. Um, just one little thing, like 60 grams of carbohydrates a day causes your central nervous system to function properly. Yeah. So, you know, like I've, I've dealt with a lot of people doing the, uh, what's the, the, the uh, keto diet. Oh, the, yeah. even in the spa industry, we super don't like keto. Well, keto was designed <laughs> for a lot of people that don't know. Um, I'm not exactly sure who designed it and whatnot, but actually a better way of putting this was it was popularized in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s uh, for professional bodybuilders. Yeah. And that's why I said steroids, because they have the extra help to, uh, with the recovery. And yeah. so they're able to, to do that for an extended period of time to get more lean and get away with it versus people that are doing it now, which what they're ultimately doing is depriving themselves of essential nutrients. You're starving. And then yes. and people are going to disagree with this a lot because some people really swear by it. Oh, they it. swear if by it, it. If it works for you, cool. But what you're actually doing is starving your body of a Correct. lot of things. Correct. And, and then the things that you don't hear about is how it causes you to lose your hair, which Correct. I have seen. Yes. In the spa industry, you lose skin elasticity so I have people coming yes. to me that now they all have all of this loose hanging skin not just from the weight loss but because your skin is no longer sticking to your muscle tissue correct and it, that's it's lost yeah. its collagen right yeah it's lost its collagen you're you're breaking down your fascia um, which is that connective tissue like yeah your muscle tissue yeah, yeah. between the muscle and and the skin so like Fascia kind of looks like if you ever peel, break open an egg and you peel that layer off. Like a hard-boiled <laughs> egg? Yeah. 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 And, and it does kind of look like that, and it kind of connects all the things in between. And um, 
if if I mean if you've ever skinned something, then you really know what fascia mm-hmm. looks like. But a lot of society doesn't do that anymore. So. <laughs> well, no, we have slaughterhouses for that ginger. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> like. Is Burger King made from real cows? Cause, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> no shit. I mean, I'm all for eating cow meat, but could we just not kill the cow? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, no, no, they they die for that. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, you know, it's part of life, right? <laughs> yeah. It, that is that is a part of the food chain, and you can choose to supplement your diet and not participate in it, and that's all well and great and good for you, but... Um, keto really isn't that good, and I extra don't recommend it for children. Um, no, not at all. Not so even close. We do supplement with Wiggles, and it really made a huge difference in his life. And he will tell me, like, if he has grown, and so the supplement needs to be increased, he is very aware, and he doesn't okay. like it. He doesn't like that feeling because how do you feel when you're all stressed out? When you're all stressed out all the time and you're wired all the time, and, and you may not know the difference, but average people, because they need to kind of get it, when when you can't calm down because you're really upset and you can't sleep at night because you're really upset and you're way up here, when normally you're down here, you don't like it. <laughs> and so with supplementation, he's now kind of here. He's not clear down here. He's kind of right. here. And he doesn't like it when he starts being up here. It's uncomfortable. So he's, he's able to recognize yeah. now. See, this is great because, again, when we were kids, yeah. like our parents didn't know any of this shit. He's so no smart. Clue. And I've, I've taught him to be very self-aware. So he had come to me at a certain point and, and told me, I don't feel right. <laughs> and That's so, really amazing. Yeah. And so sure enough, every time he does, it's because he has grown and gained some weight and okay. he needs... So and yeah. and when that happens, obviously, and you said this, like he, you have to increase the supplementation. Yeah, with him and we do it very that. carefully. I work things with his pediatrician. I have a counselor. I consult. I okay. have some other people. Like I don't just randomly experiment on my kid. You know, right. I, I really don't recommend people do that. You need some people to consult um, that are experts in this sort of thing. That doesn't mean you always have to go and get the special diagnosis or an IEP. Those aren't those are sometimes beneficial, but sometimes they aren't, and you have to weigh that out because with an IEP in school, and that's a specialized program, most schools are not equipped for a gifted child. Correct. And so he doesn't need to be in special or remedial stuff. He needs to be in gifted stuff. He's not behind. Right, he's advanced. He's advanced. Yeah. And and so the IEP would actually work against him and put him in special classes that he wouldn't want to be in. Why do they do that? Um well because sometimes they do need that, but yeah. and schools are not always equipped for having a variety. They're equipped for having children that mostly function the same. And so, so it's basically like cookie cutter system. Yeah, it's a cookie cutter system. They want the children to be able to learn to adapt to the way they think society should function and not have them be able to just simply be. And I don't, you know, <laughs> I think... You're 100% right with that. Yeah, I think giving some kids some coping skills for what might be expected of them in society right. and what is okay versus what isn't is important. Um, but also, they need to be allowed to be. 
and to find their path and what is good for them and be able to be creative. Um, so back on, on supplements, because this also helps, sometimes parents are afraid to give supplements because they're afraid their child will lose that. Because most children on the spectrum, they really do have some amount of gifted in something. Yes. And you may not always know what it is, and maybe they don't always figure it out, but it, often they really do, and they're naturally doing it, and you may not notice that is being gifted. Right. Um, and it's not that it's the stigma of they should be gifted. They just are. And if you're paying attention to what it is they are naturally doing, you'll kind of figure that out and that will be their happy place. And that will be their safe place. And the thing that they do when they are feeling stressed and the thing that they enjoy doing most throughout their life. And that is a thing you should certainly give as a gift to your children to pay attention and cultivate, I think. So is Prince Wiggles uh, artistic like you? Um, he is more artistic than me. Is he? Okay. <laughs> he, is, he is the most creative child that I think I've ever met, and he's the best builder. We, gave, we had him going to this play place a lot, and they had these all of these magnetic building um, tiles, and he was at three and four building cathedrals wow. <laughs> out of them and all of the parents would stop i'm serious and the people working there would often stop and and just watch him do this and building these things he was building at one point he built the the clock tower from daniel tiger like he would build things that he had maybe seen somewhere in a picture and he was building it out of memory with these little tiles wow. and they would be bigger than him, and he'd have to stand on a chair, which was generally against the rules, but they kind of let him get away with it because right. they wanted to see what was going to happen. Right. <laughs> I can see that happening. <laughs> you know? And and I have pictures of that where it's just like, wow. But then sometimes he would have a lot of frustrations because physics didn't work the way he wanted it to. Okay. Or if it fell, then there would be a meltdown. Now that doesn't happen. We worked a lot on being able to understand, well, you can rebuild it and it'll be okay. And remember to put a support structure in. Can you imagine teaching a three-year-old about support beams? No kidding. (laughs) Does some of that have to do then with his just getting older, do you think? I mean, obviously, you know, you've, you've made a very clear point about you've done a lot of work with him on on just being himself um growing out of the meltdowns was very much not about getting older okay. it was it was the 5-htp um so you, you're gonna sure. go back to the nutrition with me. yeah the, okay the 5-htp and cutting out the wheat you can still have carbs without wheat yes correct they are totally good carbs what are some good carbs that, that off hand uh you know i'm somebody who doesn't pay attention <laughs> to any of that so most of the time what i what I tell people is potatoes and rice. I was going to say, I like a potato. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> personally. Like, I can eat anything, so, personally. So. Yeah. So, um... I think. I don't know. Now, well, well, now that you're saying think. this stuff, it's like, whoa, maybe, you know... Yeah. And again, when we were kids, this, like, this information, one reason my curiosity is really piqued with this is because a, a lot of the things that you're talking about are foreign to me. Yeah. I, they just are because, again, we didn't have access to the information that you've had access to 
you know, 35 years ago. We didn't, like, with some of the people in my family, we did not have some of this yeah. information. And so had we known, we would have done things differently. I had a nephew that was on the Ritalin, and he permanently has a tick, like a facial tick. I have one of those. And, and he's so mm-hmm. great, and he's so brilliant. And the idea, I cannot imagine that child really needing to be on ADHD medication. Um, it's, he's a lot like my little boy. I mean, sure, he was a little hyperactive, but he was brilliant, and he was sweet, and he was cute, and the school forced that on them. Yeah. At, because they were very big on doing that Well, you know, time. pharma, this is um, actually on the last show, my guest, Ksenia, we talked about pharma, and I brought this point up that they get kickbacks. Yes, they do. And, it, and then it started in the 90s, the late 90s, when Prozac came out um, with the antidepressants and stuff. So for each one of the students, pharma's given the schools and I and the doctors, yeah, and the doctors and everybody's getting kickbacks with this and the foster care system. Ooh, that's another aspect. We've known this for a long time, actually. John Stossel, I yeah, think, I remember him from twenty twenty. Yeah, he did. Um, he did a segment on on that and really? how much medication. Um, children were on that were in the foster yeah. care system. It was more than double what they should be on. It was more than double what an average child it takes. Okay, and some of it was more than an adult, and some of it was so much that it was beyond the adult, um, the maximum that an adult could have. Right, and they were giving this to little children, like the recommended daily allowance yeah, or whatever. They they don't have an advocate, you know. They have foster parents, and some of the foster parents are great, but some of them were getting kickbacks right. for doing this. And so they take in a bunch of kids and get a check every month for having the kids on on wow. more drugs. And so, yeah, you can with, – with supplementing Wiggles, it really helped him a lot to not have the meltdowns that he was having before. Yeah. But also the wheat – and think about this with some adults that might have ADHD – Beer, wheat. <laughs> wow! So anybody Amazing. that you know that maybe has a pretty bad problem with with drinking or is very angry and ragey when they drink, because me, if I drink, I'm the happiest drunk in the world. But other I can people, attest to that. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really am. I'm super bubbly. But with somebody on the spectrum, it's very possible that that's why they get fighty. And that's why they're angry, and that's why you're mad at them, or that's why they've acted out and behaved in all of these ways. It's called protest behavior, um, and that seems fitting. Yeah, <laughs> actually, and and why they are just not functioning like they normally do when they are not on it. Well, beer is full of wheat. Um, a wow, lot. That's amazing. Yeah, things like a lot of alcohol has has wheat in it, especially your wells, and things like. Whiskey was not originally made with wheat, but your well whiskey is full of wheat. Wow. (laughs) And so if you you think about... You know, that explains, for me personally, a lot. Like I told you, I've completely given drinking up. Yeah, you were telling me that. And you're talking about these things, and it's like I'm going through my 20s when I was just... you know, I mean, you know, and we we all go through that. Some of us a little worse than others. But I was a raging raging drinker raging drunk alcoholic if you will you can say whatever you want whatever term yeah. you want to use i was that and now that you're saying this it's like because like i said i can i like me personally i can eat anything 
Like yeah. I, I, I notice the things that don't make me feel good when I eat, so I try to avoid that as much as possible. Yeah. Um, but it it makes a lot of sense of a lot of uh, behaviors that right. I had when when I was drunk. Yeah. In, during those times. And so you you might actually have a little bit of a wheat intolerance. Now let's let's I think may. about vaccines for a second. Uh oh. Um, vaccines have wheat. <laughs> Amongst other things. Amongst other yes. things, but I don't disagree with vaccines. I'm not an anti-vax person. I am anti-adding all of the additives because you can totally have vaccines without the additives. Correct. And in fact, I looked out because when Wiggles was a baby, they did have that for a brief period of time. They had just gotten rid of all of the mercury. They decided, let's take all of the additives out of the vaccines. and Aluminum, mercury. All of it. And, and none of that was in the vaccines during that period of time. And then now they are putting certain things back in, especially eggs and wheat. Um, and wow. for a lot of children, that's not necessarily bad. What I'm telling you is that the vaccines are not causing autism, but you're seeing the symptoms more than you did before because you've just taken wheat and put it directly into their bloodstream. Correct. And so it is definitely going to bring that out where oops sorry where you can where you can see it more so so they already had it you just didn't know it right so (laughs) so in turn um like and i've actually heard something similar to this it wasn't about so much the wheat but uh i have a a very very good friend aluminum and mercury are not good yeah no not at all especially (laughs) injected directly into your bloodstream so the wheat being in them then is the root cause of children's autism being being pushed to the forefront is that an accurate it's way of saying very that? likely that with some children that is the case okay um and so some studies say definitely yes And so it is very likely that that is what's going on, is that they are getting wheat, and then it's exacerbating symptoms. That's Yeah, that's (laughs) better put than the way I said it. So what do you think then is a resolution with – because, I mean, obviously, you know, like there's the whole thing with the vaccines are doing this and there's all this stuff. But, I mean, obviously, there's certain vaccines that are necessary. We know this yeah. for babies and stuff. Like, there are certain ones that do need to be. I, uh, my friend told me there's three for sure that are necessary, I, and I don't know them off the top of my head. But what do you think is a good resolution to try to combat this problem that we're having? Well, they with... need to take the additives back out. Okay. And the thing is, too, if we were regulated differently, if you had options... Instead of Big Pharma being able to tell you, instead of the FDA being able to tell you, um, and a lot of people might disagree with this, but which things you're allowed to have, well, perhaps you could order a vaccine from, say, Canada that didn't have that. Right. But currently, we do not have that option. We do not have the option of being able to get a vaccine from another source. They're all regulated through singular sources. Right. And so you are just stuck with you have to then make that choice. Do I want all these additives in my baby or and which can be potentially toxic to them? Or do I want to risk having these other things that are potentially life threatening? And 
So that's not a decision we should have to make when they could very easily make it without it. Right. Do it, you think that falls back to the the whole concept of pharma getting paid and people getting kickbacks yes. and so the corruption of the pharmaceutical industry? Yeah. Well, and then they pay lobbyists and they pay publicists to okay. make it so that they people are going to be very polarized and you're either anti-vax or you're very pro-vax and you can't argue with the pharmaceutical industry because you have to be pro-vax, right? Right. Well, can't we argue with them and still be pro-vaccination? Can't we argue with them and say, take this stuff out? So they've paid publicists and they've paid lobbyists and stuff like that to be able to do what they're doing and keep this stuff in. And there are benefits to that. They make more money by putting the things in. You'd think, well, if we put less things in, we should make more money because that's less stuff we have to pay right. to put in. But it actually doesn't work that way with the way we run things like corporate welfare and with the way that kickbacks happen. Right. And so they actually do make more money by wow. having them in. Well, it's that kind of immediately made me think when you said that, like diesel get fuel mm -hmm. versus unleaded fuel. Diesel fuel is one process less than unleaded fuel in the refinement process. Yeah, and yet it's cheaper. And yet it, and it costs, <laughs> but diesel fuel costs more than unleaded. Yeah. That, that just made me think that. I know it's unrelated, but that that kind of goes along the same concept. So do you, do you think or do you feel or do you have, you know, direct evidence of, and I mean, obviously we know that it's a big money uh, issue. It here. is all about big money. You know, um, I'm trying not to get too, too political and we'll go back to some supplements here in a sec. The, the libertarian candidate running right now, Joe Jorgensen, um, the one that's running for president. Yeah, she's Correct. running for president. She has talked a lot about how even the COVID crisis was mishandled because we should have been able to have things like mass testing. Right. We should have been able to have mass tests on the market, but it costs over a billion dollars to put a test on the market um, just through the FDA. Right. Right. And so we didn't have mass testing. Um, and, and we could have and we should have. Um, a lot of that system is very corrupt. It just is. It is, right. And they have the medical industry and the big pharma industry together. And that isn't to say that pharmaceuticals are all bad. And it isn't to say that um, the medical industry is all bad. But some of the people that are making policy are terrible. Right. Well, it's 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 the old guard still. Yeah, it the, is. These decision makers that have been that have been in the industry and been in with these companies yeah. for, you know, 20, 30 years. Yeah. Well, and a lot of them have a lot of vested interest for having things be a certain yes. way. And so they are making so much money being sure that there isn't more options on the market. Right. And if we were able to have more options on the market, then they would make a lot less money. So if they spent as much money on having more options as they did as to not having more options, wouldn't they make more money still, maybe? No. No? Okay, I'm just asking <laughs> because it seems to me... You think that they should. They, you think that they should, but, but actually they don't because they're still getting things like... Um, government subsidy right for not you I know see, okay. and 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 so somebody has 
somebody somewhere has a vested interest in keeping a market small. Of course. And, and yet keeping spending big. And so that really is problematic. We should be able to, you think the FDA is there to help you, right? We should be able to have options because here's the FDA and they're supposed to help you. And then yet, what were we talking about earlier? It's okay for them to give children illegal drugs and call it legal. That That is not them helping you and keeping you safe and regulating your drugs for you. That is them just deciding who's going to win and lose, and that's them deciding who gets to make money versus who doesn't. Versus who doesn't, right. Yeah, so it is not, it might be marketed as being there to help you, but, you know, you can go ahead and sue somebody if they sell you a drug that is mislabeled. Right. Uh, Many, many people would, and then that company would have a lot of problems, especially if we removed restrictions from being able to sue them. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which we added those in with the ADA. <laughs> so you do you feel strongly that pe- people should have more of uh, a way to be actionable against yes. the pharmaceutical companies? Absolutely. We took away a lot of our ability to do that when we put the ADA into place. And that's unfortunate. I was somewhat for it at the beginning thinking, well, you know, I I want poor people to have health care and I'd rather spend that tax money on health care than war if we're going to pay taxes, I guess. Right. Um, but then when he's saying, well, we're not going to tell you what's in the bill till you vote on it, that's a big indicator that you should say no. Right. Well, <laughs> a lot of bills too, and I'm sure you know this, like you're pretty savvy when it comes to, yeah. to the political stuff. Um you know, a lot of these bills that these senators and congresspeople are propagating are full of earmarks. Yes. And so they're, you know, it's, I've always liked the phrase, uh, I believe it was uh, Max Kaiser. He's a, he's like an analyst guy, or was it Max Kaiser? Or it was one of those guys, Webster Tarpley or Max Kaiser, Gerald Salente. That's who it was. Gerald Salente, he's one of these trend forecaster people. He's been around for a very, very long time. And he made the, one of the greatest analogies I've ever heard about the congressman and the senators. And he's like, it's like pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. Because, and, yeah. you know, like in pro wrestling, <laughs> you know, Triple H and The Undertaker, two pretty well-known wrestlers, on the TV, they're feuding and they hate each other and they're going to kill each other. And I'm going to hit them with a sledgehammer and a steel chair and choke slime them through the cage and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But then when they're not on the camera behind the stage, they're, you know, it's, it's Paul and Mark. And they're friends, yeah. and they travel together, their kids play together, their wives know each other, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So he made this this analogy one time about, you know, politics is Hollywood for ugly people and how they're <laughs> doing the literal same thing that pro wrestlers are doing, being on the TV against each other. But then when the doors are closed and the cameras are off, they're shaking hands and having dinner and making deals and yep. pushing forward these these legislation bills that are really only helping each other yeah. to pad their pockets, essentially. We've seen that in in news quite a bit over time, and yet people some for some reason don't want to believe that. And we've we've seen it in even movies and stuff, it used to be something we were very aware of is that sometimes politicians are corrupt and you shouldn't trust them. How is it we've become a society that starts 
backing them as if they're their favorite sports team. Right. You know, and they can do no wrong. And the other guy, the other guy is probably, he's definitely a rapist and I'm sure he's a murderer and he, we will all die right. if you vote for him. Baseless claims. You, Baseless accusations. Often. Oftentimes. I mean, I, I think that there are a lot of accusations that definitely go around that are probably accurate depending on which politician we're talking about because yes for surely it is it is definitely an arena that gets a lot of narcissists attracted to it <laughs> that's a very good statement yes <laughs> yeah and so they're going to be very disreputable people often that doesn't mean they all are right but most of the time and if you find yourself feeling feeling very passionately and strongly that if you don't vote for this person, everyone is going to die. It's a good po possibility that the guy you're backing is corrupt. <laughs> That's crazy. I like how you, you know? said that. I like how you put that. That's it's pretty astute of an observation because well, and again, you just nailed it too with your statement of I don't know how people don't understand this because they're and I say this almost every day. It's like. Two people watch the same exact thing. Yeah. Right? And then report completely different scenarios about it. You know, it's kind of like we've been laughing about, you know, one like uh, one of the CNN reporters is in Wisconsin the other day. Oh, boy, yeah. And he's on the camera talking, right? And it says uh, a little fiery, but mostly peaceful. And behind him is a fucking inferno. <laughs> I mean, dude, we're talking like thirty foot flames, maybe. I don't, and I might be exaggerating the, the height of the flames, you know. So, well, you know, we want to be as accurate as possible. And I'm not a doctor, but you can't <laughs> unsee what we're watching. And how the fuck are thirty foot flames behind the guy in any mostly way, peaceful. shape, or form mostly peaceful? I'm just <laughs> right. saying. Like, fortunately for us, you know, we live in Boise, Idaho. And from what I've gathered and what I've seen, you know, I saw the thing where uh, where Joseph Evans, whom we both know, uh, yeah. was at one of the things and somebody had tried to attack them or something. I wasn't there, so I don't know what happened. I just got his accounting of it. And not saying he's not telling the truth and that's not what happened, but I didn't see it. So I can't remark on it either way. But for the most part, what I've seen around here is everybody's been pretty good. Mostly, I mean, yeah. mostly they've just yelled stuff at each other. Right, which and there were some skirmishes, yeah. but but mostly, and at that, a lot of the problems that we had were there are some people that are not just from out of state, and I'm not just saying they're paid actors. There's some people that feel very passionately about this stuff, right? That are are touring around from town to town riling things up for whatever reason i think mostly because they're dicks um <laughs> that's probably a pretty accurate uh commentary you know they, maybe a person here or there is paid perhaps maybe somebody did take a pallet full of bricks and just sort of drop it over there right. uh for people to find i don't discount that at all anything that is possible is probably happening it's probably not just one story it's probably right. many things happening and and the news media just likes to polarize things and then the polarized people like to go yeah that's exactly it when reality tends to be a lot more prismatic doesn't it <laughs> i would tend to agree with that actually you know the, well, like i said you know it's like 
a lot of the stuff, and like you even said too, like we've kind of both, you know, encompassed this idea that a lot of the information being propagated by whoever's getting paid the most, yeah. if you will, the, the pharmaceutical stuff, the stuff with the, with the children, the vaccines, and, and these, these I like to call them gifts, you know, the, yeah. the spectrum stuff and the ADD stuff. Um, and we've both, you know, have experience with it and seen this, this from a different angle. And then you're watching this stuff and it's like, what the fuck are you people talking about? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's like it's right in front of people, and yet they don't want to accept yeah. what it is. Well, and a lot of people would rather go with a polarized knee-jerk reaction and will not wait for facts. Right. We still don't know what happened in any Wisconsin case at all. No, we don't. Not any of them. We have some videos leading up. We have some documents. And... So we have some stronger ideas than we started, and they don't necessarily agree with the initial narrative. Correct. And so, but you say that, and you're a murderer. Right. Just so you know, yeah. you're a murderer, totally. and you deserve racist. to die, or you're a racist. Totally. And, and that's, or you're a misogynist. Yeah, and, and that's, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I've actually been called that a time or two online. You have, really? Yeah. Some Every now and then, I mean, depending on my profile picture, they might have only paid attention to my words. And with the cocktail party especially, they didn't realize the person operating the page was a woman. And so they would often call me things like that. And I'm like, okay, number one, where in what I wrote here has anything whatsoever to do with anybody's gender? Because I am right. not a person that cares and and about somebody's gender, um, you know, or whatever one they choose to be a part of or identify with. Good for you. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> are you a good person or not? Yeah. I. And what are the facts? I'm talking about facts here. How does that have to do with that? I understand and, what you're saying. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, no, I, I definitely got called that. And I'm so wow. middle of the road that I never know which side is going to be yelling at me because uh, about the facts that I presented, <laughs> she's like, me too. <laughs> and one thing I can tell you about this is, and I've, I've literally witnessed it. And so now I have, I have a very, uh, uh, good point to draw from. Yeah. I said to somebody, I said, did you even read what I wrote? No. The post, and they went, ah, you got me. I didn't. I just looked at the picture that you posted. Yeah. I said, yeah, I, I clearly laid it out what I'm saying in in what I wrote. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm a pretty, I think I'm a pretty decent writer. I take a lot of time, most of the time before I write stuff. I comment a lot, and you read what I comment. Yeah. Whether I'm trying to be funny, it's very apparent if I'm being sarcastic because I, yeah. I make sure the laughing faces are on there. And, I'm, you know, again, we've had enough conversations where you can probably be like, that fucker. Yeah. But a lot of times when I'm, when I'm being really serious or trying to make a point, I, I clearly and succinctly say it. Yeah. And I've, I've caught people that aren't reading what I'm doing. They read the headline or looked at the picture Correct. or the first sentence and Correct. then read nothing further. Exactly. And I've I've called people on this on online quite a bit, especially lately, because we're heading into that season. Yes. Um, where I'm like, you didn't I you know, I don't wanna put you down here, but you're screeching at this person and you didn't even read all of what they said because they're clearly saying right here that what they mean. Yeah, and that they are also 
open to other ideas. If you have additional information, tell me. Let me know if I am wrong. I have seen people saying that and becoming yes. more centrist and and open-minded and saying, and I've seen you do that and then be yelled at. Where, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, I do. And then I think I had even made a comment on one of your posts where I'm saying, I was saying something about Melania and Michelle uh, where, yeah, that was you know, funny. and, and I got I, a lot of heat for that one. Oh, so did I. And <laughs> yes, you did. I know which one you're talking about. And, too. and so, you know, there were a lot of people bashing on either side, but I'm like, more power to these women. Right. You know, if that's, if that, the thing that you were saying they did is what it, they are doing. Well, good for them then. Right. Like they're good at it. Well, you know, and <laughs> what we should care about is the policies of their husbands and how that Correct. is affecting our lives. Correct. Not whether or not we are we are shaming the women here. <laughs> right. Because that doesn't have anything to do with anything. And and I was nice about it. And I I said something polite and direct and i you didn't did. yell at anyone and yet i had people yelling at me yeah you got i remember <laughs> that too i don't remember exactly what you said but i remember you got attacked by a couple different people yeah and it was just like well and the thing too like you know like some of that stuff i'm just poking bears yeah. I, and like i told you i literally i remember typing that too too and i said ginger i'm really just poking fun <laughs> yeah and, and some of these people were just going way well, over and i it. made sure to say that oh i definitely know that because i yeah. did and i wanted people to get that clearly your initial post was you just playing around and some people got real serious oh, yeah. and some people got really mean yeah and not just at you but at these women and i'm like you know what you don't need to lynch them. <laughs> right. Well, the big one was, uh, oh, Melania's been doing porn in, in Russia and all this. And so I actually, somebody said that. And I was like, well, and of course, like, this is me saying it. She did porn in Russia? You got to send me some links because I need yeah. to do some research. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's for science. <laughs> yeah, it's just total, <laughs> only for science. That's, that's, it's a scientific endeavor. But I but guess. It's the, you're, you were saying the same thing. You were mirroring what I'm mirroring. is like. Yeah. So neat. <laughs> right. Like, what does that have to do with anything? Like, I just think it's funny. You know what I mean? Like, I've gotten a little, uh, I'll, I'll even say this out loud. I've gotten, a, I won't even say overboard, but the whole, like, Michelle being a man. Being yeah. Michael. Because, I mean, dude, just. Well, you were joking, but everybody else no, was, I'm totally, was not joking. No, I'm totally serious about that. <laughs> oh, actually. okay. Well, yeah. you're totally serious. I'm 100% serious that, that Michelle Obama is, is really a dude named Michael. I'm a, she can be a dude named Michael. 100% serious. If she's a drag queen, she's fabulous. Yeah, that's cool. And that's exactly what I said, too. If right. she's a drag queen, she's fabulous. Good right. for her. See, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. My yeah. whole issue my whole issue with the thing is this, point blank and simple. I had to explain this to somebody the other day. It's the deception perhaps that's it that's my issue with it and that's my issue i would have been so down with having a first trans first lady that yeah that's fine cool that's totally fine <laughs> you know what i mean like see well see some people have taken it to that point yeah. of the of the whatever phobic word yeah. that they want to use for the day and to me it's just like how is that that like no one's saying that it's wrong to do that people can do whatever the fuck they want Let's yeah. just let's just level. We know mutually a lot of people. I remember we took a photo one time at the Liquid, and uh, I have it on my phone. And I'm not sure uh, who that person was. Uh, they had very white face and lipstick, very androgynous. 
Um, and it's, I a, don't know. it's a friend of yours. I, I know yeah. a lot of people that look like that. Yeah, but I mean, and in fact, most a lot of goth people are androgynous very much or so. trans or yes. bisexual or Correct. poly or or pan, and so you just be you. Right. And so I'm like, that's a lot of people, right. man. But I bring that up. <laughs> I bring that up because it's it's very interesting to me how in an environment like that, like, and again, like, I'm totally comfortable there. Hey, let's yeah. take a picture. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't even know that person. You knew the person. You were talking to, to whoever it was and he or she. I'm Because, again, it was very hard for me to tell. But, like, the whole thing it was, like, I threw my arm around this person. You know what I mean? And we took, we took a selfie and it was, like, yeah. put it on Instagram. And it was, like, totally cool. So when people want to start this attacks with their phobic words, it really baffles my mind because it's, like, I read a post today that says this. People that can can spend all day online and then have private lives that you know nothing about. Yeah. I really thought that was pretty poignant because it's like, like, again, there's a lot, like, for instance, there's a lot of stuff, you know, you know this being in the, in the music industry and this thing. That's how we get stuff out is, yeah. is online, is the social media. You have to be on social media a lot yeah. in order to market. Right. And, and sometimes, and people are aware of this, but it is also fun. Because I'd rather the world be a lot more fun than it is. Sometimes <laughs> to market, you will, so people are still following you and pay attention, you will do a lot of things that are fun posts and things like that. But you do have to spend a lot of time on social media. More yeah. than I would like. In When I first started as a promoter, you would normally promote by, you know, putting flyers out and hanging out in coffee shops and going to parties where you met other people that would mm -hmm. come to your party. And, yep. at, you know, about a decade Remember ago. Remember doing the small flyers yeah. and then the big flyers? Yeah, and, then, and you'd staple them into a telephone pole yep. and all of that. Tape them to the electric box outside of the uh, record exchange. And Yeah. Well, and part of why that doesn't happen anymore is a company moved in and they made it so that they did, worked deals with most of downtown where only they can put flyers and only they can put posters and you have to pay them. And I, I'm just never a fan of a monopoly on anything. You know, I don't even like being a monopoly on my markets. I like uh, other people. And, you know, healthy competition is good for you. Yes, agreed. Toxic competition, probably not. But sometimes even that can be good for you. Um, but Agreed. Yeah. That's, that's a really good point that you bring up. So kind of switching gears a little bit. Um, yeah, we were talking about ADHD stuff, and we got yeah, we were here. Well, and that's okay. That's that's like I told you, it's it's very free form. You know, yeah. I kind of have like kind of just things I I'd like to talk about with people. Yeah. Um, and then just wherever we go. So we're kind of circling back to the music thing. So I like the fact that you just said toxic competition. What do you consider toxic competition when it comes to like promoting and music and Well probably the same thing with social media if you are threatening to kill each other it's probably a bad time. Right. <laughs> you know if if you are doing things to sabotage one another and you are intentionally causing harm and being malicious that's pretty toxic. If instead you're running a healthy competition where, like I might do with another promoter, where we have a race to see who can get the most people, like the most numbers at our 
particular event and whoever loses like we'll have a bet and whoever loses has to do the embarrassing thing yeah or whoever wins has to buy the booze that's pretty healthy that's healthy yeah yeah and and it's fun or maybe that isn't your best buddy over there maybe you don't like each other but what does keep it healthy is that both of you are promoting a similar music scene and there are multiple nights for it instead of everybody trying to pile on to one evening um, which I've seen happen in a lot of cities and maybe you never say a bad word about each other but the fact that you're both running a thing means that there's more people to go around Right, and you can maybe go hand out flyers at each other's nights. Right, and, you know. Well, and work together and help each other to get crowds. Yeah. Right. And and so yeah, you might do that. You might be able to network with this person that you personally can't stand. So, passing out flyers at other people's events um, is a really good way, right, to 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 help promote other people as well as yourself. Yeah. Well, if you care about the scene more than you care about your ego. Right. Whether you like a bunch of people or not, you're still going to extend that courtesy as long as they're coming to your event and being polite. Right. And as long as they're not doing terrible things to you on on the outside, you can not like people all day and still work with them or <laughs> right. still uh, let them be over there, you know? Right. <laughs> well, that's yeah. funny you mentioned that. Um, there's been a lot of, of I'd say, toxic... Uh, relationships in our town over the years yeah, yeah. with promoting. I'm sure you know. I'm sure you know some of the things and places and people I'm talking about. Yeah, there, there has here locally. I see that everywhere, in like every city that I've ever done events in, and some have been nicer to me because, as much as I am celebrated here, you're not really a hero in your hometown. So I'm actually better known outside of here. Right. And 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 my reputation's even slightly better other places. So or at least people respect me more. Uh, <laughs> why do you think why do you think that is? I and and people do respect me here, so don't get me wrong for the most part. Why do I think that yeah. is? I know what you're saying though. Like it's it's kind of that thing of like in your hometown, like nobody gives a shit, but then you go elsewhere and it's like people love what you're doing. Well, and why do you I think, think that it's is? partially because sometimes familiarity can breed contempt with contemptuous people. Um with people that like to bond, it sure doesn't. Uh, right. <laughs> you know, but I think there is some level of that. There gets to be jealousy. So if this is your buddy and you've both been working towards a goal and they see you rising, and I see that even sometimes with my partner, he's in comedy and he's getting to be more and more famous now. Um, well, because he's funny. He is funny. I've seen him perform. He's <laughs> this funny. Is he's part good. Of why he's my partner. Cause yeah. <laughs> can you imagine? You're laying around after you get laid, and you're sitting there, and he starts talking to you about all of that stuff, and he's just being hilarious. That is the best shit I'm trying ever. to imagine it right now, Ginger. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Does he still have his beard? Yeah, right okay. now. I mean, sometimes he's had it, sometimes he okay. hasn't. Well, I'm just, I've, <laughs> I've always known him, that, I've always been around him when he's had a beard so I, that's yeah. how i like to imagine my emmanuel <laughs> is with a beard on and okay i'm thinking nah, i got nothing 
<laughs> but I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you know, you just had like the best sex ever, and now he's being a total goofball. And so you're just still on that like high, and now right. you're like laying around, joking around. And you're having a great time. Right. Like, of course, you're gonna be with that. He's funny. Yeah. <laughs> he's funnier at home. <laughs> I can, I can see that being a thing. <laughs> and you know, some comedians are not. Some comedians are kind of. Not a lot of the ones that I know personally anymore, yeah. but I have known some. Some comedians are big jerks off stage, and so you, especially some really famous ones that I've met, uh-huh. and you meet them backstage, and it's awful. It's like, whoa, let's never talk to you again. Right. Well, <laughs> so, musicians are like that too. A lot of me. I mean, we are up on stage, and it really is theater, and sometimes you're putting yourself. It is your persona, but sometimes your persona is yourself. And you're putting that out there and amplifying it. Mm-hmm. And some people are putting up the image that they wish everyone else would see right. so they can get away with the shitty things they do. And so there really right. is a big difference. And And I was talking with my friend that I brought um, about that on my way over here is that um, people that are famous are sometimes attracted to the fame because it allows them to get away with things. And because it's it makes for good breeding ground for them, and because it is a good way for them to get a lot of attention. But then other people that are famous, they're doing it because they really love other people, and they like to bond, and they have a good heart and great compassion, and all they really want to do is entertain you. Right. You know, and see they that you're happy. They have that genuineness happy. about their art. Yeah. Or, or sometimes, yeah, sometimes they just really wanted to create good art. And it's not about the fame at all. Um, they just they just wanted to make good art. Right. And they happen yeah. to get famous. And they happen to get famous. And so sometimes right. you'll have the people that were really in it for those ulterior motives. Right. Um, versus the people that weren't. And... They'll they'll be rising up with you, and suddenly you're getting famous, and that makes them real mad. Right. And so they'll want to the the twos and the threes of the world want to break the number ones down, and instead of rising themselves up. Right. And so they'll try to break you down, and they'll be mean to you, and they'll try to defame you, which is a deactivating strategy, and that's a whole other type of spectrum. Right. <laughs> that's that's where you run into things like personality disorder. Um, right. Well, it's like we were talking earlier, like that 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 post that I found, and it was just like somebody wrote it on a napkin about the attention that you know broken people don't want to get fixed because of the attention. I, yeah. I think in entertainment, especially, and I think you can very much attest to this, having been around it probably more than I have. Actually, not even probably. You've been around yeah. a lot more than I have over the years, and. There's a lot of people that are involved in it that are very much just simply seeking the attention. Yeah, definitely seeking the attention of being toxic at that. Yeah. And so I can name bands that I even like and that sometimes you can definitely relate to that emotion that they're conveying and that's part of why you like it. Yeah. Is because it's your outlet for that feeling instead of you acting out. Right. Um. But I can think of some bands, especially in the goth industrial world, that are 
out there for the attention of being broken and terrible and awful human beings. And I'm sure that many people can. Um, there's a few names that would spring to mind even when you talk to mainstream people. They're right. like, oh, yeah, this band. Then again, there are some bands where they are talking about their damage and brokenness and and the act and art of getting better and the feelings of of self-improvement or the the emotions behind these terrible feelings because they are actually dealing with their feelings right you know and and they're being healthy individuals by talking about how this time i was sad you know right (laughs) and so there are a lot of people out there that really love the attention of being broken and damaged and i'm a person that really likes to help and you have to be careful who you help because Agreed. some people, I've certainly been in bad places in my life in my past, and some people, um, they want to exploit the, the same idea and trauma bond with you so that they can stay broken, but you'll help them. Right. And some people also just really like the damage that they are so that they can inflict and they enjoy inflicting damage on other people. Right. And and they look for people like me that they think might be a big sucker. And then they get really mad when you're not. (laughs) Don't they? Yeah. They they? get really mad when you see right through them. Mm -hmm. And then they're so angry. And it's like, well, just because I'm nice doesn't mean I'm stupid. Right. Exactly. (laughs) I've noticed that a lot um, over the years with. Uh, performers and whether it's music or comedy or you know uh, sports or you know whatever field that that entertainers performers are in um, just in my own experiences watching that kind of behavior and that's the kind of thing I don't know how to really put it into words because I've actually never really talked about this with anybody that's weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I've never yeah. actually had, like, a conversation How you've been like people watching? Yeah, yeah. But it's just, it's one of those things where, like, I've, I've seen that in, you know, backstage or wherever we were. And it's like, how have you made anything in this? You know? Because, yeah. like, like, it's very apparent that these people are, they're just not good humans. Yeah. You know? Like, I don't understand how they get people to... Subscribe to what they're yeah, selling. Yeah, want to associate with them, work yeah. with them. Um, I mean, even you know, like in the the acting modeling thing, I've I've worked with a few people where it was like, you know, like I'm the guy who comes in, like, what am I doing? This cool. Like, I just want to get the hell out of there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like a super cool job, but I'm like, yeah, like the faster we get this done, the faster I can go home. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? But there's some really difficult people that are like that. that diva-ish personality, if you will. Like, oh, yeah. I, well, I didn't have I didn't have organic kale chips and organic salsa from Trader Joe's here today, so until I get that, I'm not take, doing scenes and that kind yeah. of attitude, you know? Like, there's literally really people like that. The days of being able to be Aussie and be yeah. able to <laughs> order a hundred, specifically a hundred, and no more and no less, brown M&Ms backstage are over- we all was have that Aussie with the brown M&M's? Yeah. I thought that was Van Halen. 
I thought it was Ozzy. I don't know. <laughs> that's that's like, this is a time when Google would be handy. Yeah. Totally. But I get what you're saying, yeah. I tend to go into the podcast and just correct myself after the fact, because I'll go, <laughs> I'll go fact check myself. I do not mind challenging my own ideas. You shouldn't. You should challenge your totally. ideas and not be afraid to look at the other side and see what they're saying. And so I'll go in and I'll fact check myself. And sometimes in a podcast, if I said the wrong thing or the wrong name, I'll be like, nope, it was this. <laughs> and that, but you know what's what's great is it's totally okay to make a mistake. Yeah, it's totally fine. And then be like, oh my bad, I misspoke. Like, yeah, I thought it was this. It's just funny. Like it's funny that like that comes up when when we're talking about that because I totally when you said that I was like that was Van Halen. Oh yeah! Oh, you win! Okay, totally. I own some brown M and M's now. Yeah, totally. And I, <laughs> and I didn't. You know what I mean? And like my when you said that because I remember reading about that, right? Yeah. And I was like, wow, that was like that. That was Van Halen. <laughs> like when yeah, you said that, no, it's wrong. Yeah, which and again, like it, Ozzy you know, has a story. He was it the one where he snorted a spider. No, or, I mean, I mean, he has a lot of yeah, stories, he lot but of stories. he has a story about demanding certain things for. for yeah, you're right. He does. List. And the, the days of doing that as an artist and a performer are, are really over. You yeah. can have a writer, but it's going to have to be reasonable or they're going to dock your pay. Right. They are. Right. Or they're not going to want to work with you. Right. You must be worth what the performance is and you must be right. able to pull the numbers to make it worth dealing with you. Yeah. And if you cannot do that, you should at least be pleasant to work with. Right. And Oh my gosh, if you're both people will book you again and every again time. and again. Every time. Every time. And and I've made a whole career of that of and I, I teach people that we bring so we bring a lot of artists along with us on the road when we go and I teach them that you are here representing us and you need to be nice and you need to be fun and that doesn't mean be a doormat, have boundaries. Yeah. Um but make sure that you go out there and get us asked back. Be especially good to the promoter. Always. And because a lot of people are really shitty to promoters and nice sound to the guys. crowd and the sound guy. Sound guys, stagehands. And these are the people that get you back. Yes, bartenders. <laughs> bartenders. Uh, servers, cocktail waitresses. If they don't want to work with you, yeah. they are going to tell your promoter yep. and and then your promoter is not going to book you. Because that's very true. Yeah. So you need to do what you need to do to be asked back within the reason of healthy boundaries. I'm not looking to anybody having a casting couch. In fact, that's really <laughs> a bad idea for getting booked again. Usually. <laughs> usually yeah. It usually is. So, um, I mean, not in Hollywood, I suppose, but in the music industry, it's a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, and so you want to be good to work with. And, you want to be easy to deal with in general, especially in your hometown. You don't want to be gossipy. You don't want to be rude. You don't right. want to be going around um, making everybody uncomfortable. And that's even when you're not performing. If you're in your hometown, you especially need to be awesome when people see you out in the world because they will remember and decide whether or not they're going to your show. That's true. Which might go with that no man is a hero in their hometown because when you're fresh and brand new, when you show up somewhere else, all they know of you is what 
they have seen right. online or how you've been promoted. And so they didn't see you on that one bad day or they weren't friends with your ex right. <laughs> to, to know. Do you think that plays that, a large role in in people's success is the fact that, like, getting out of their hometown? Yes, Absolutely. You need to get out of your hometown. You need to go out on the road and experience life for one thing, but you definitely need to be picky about the tours that you take. You don't ever want to take one that is going to be losing you money. Right. Um, you Not all shows are worth it. So me personally, I have a little boy. I can't be touring all the time. And one thing I learned too, because I was on tour for a number of years, is I didn't want to be touring all the time. That does wear you out. So instead, I would book three or four festivals to go to a year. Okay. And I would go perform those. And I would meet everybody. And it would get me a lot more notoriety. And it would make it so a lot more people were exposed to my thing because the people at the festival came from all of these other cities. If I right. just went on tour as just myself, I would have had to hit all of these cities when I can go play one festival. One place and get all those cities and all, at the place. Yeah, and festivals are becoming really the way to do promotion anyway. We used to have a lot more attendance at things like weekly nights and clubs that were 24-7, the metal club, or whatever. Um, but that isn't the world we live in anymore. Not any longer, you're right. And so people like going to festivals because people are working many jobs and because people have a lot of lives and people are also just sitting on Facebook. Yes, correct. And not going out for their social time like maybe they should. Go out. Instead well, of sitting on Facebook, go out like and be in reality. To. Yeah, Go to coffee shops. You don't necessarily have to get drunk in the bar, although maybe you could. Um, <laughs> go out dancing. For hell's sake, go be part of the world. But anymore, people aren't really doing that. And so it is a really good idea if you are somebody that is a new performer. Um, and this applies to other industries that you might want to get on something that's more of a festival or something that's a big show and go do a few big shows a year. Right. Um, and then you have all of this time to develop your act in between to make it good. I get it. That makes and, sense. Yeah. And so you want to develop it and bring out like the really huge bang and that way you're not starving on the road because that does happen you have a yes, home somewhere you can pay your rent you're not just doing all of these shows just to fulfill your dream you can fulfill your dream if let's say you're even an opening act at this festival you still got all of all of this exposure and pay Right. And and you can sell merchandise. And you can sell a lot. People come network. expecting to spend money. Yes. Instead of scraping together their change to go to whatever Saturday show. Right. You know, they're, they're coming expecting to spend money so you really can sell all of your stuff. And you should. And merch is fun, man. You got to, like, with Lithium Dolls, um, our merch sometimes we have, like, little dolls that we found at, like yard sales and stuff that maybe got mangled and then we take nice. like tool and we put fluffy skirts on them and we draw like 
calf boots and stripy socks and we put streaks in their hair and we goth them out like crazy and then we turn around and sell that and yeah so you can be very creative with merchandise you can't you should be i see a lot of people in various industries doing things like just a cd and a t-shirt why not um my partner sells his art and okay. he, he makes a lot of art, so after his comedy show, here's my art prints, and people buy them. Very and cool. And so there is that. Um, that reminds me of Tony Bennett, the singer. <laughs> yeah. He, I saw him in Vegas uh, as a teenager with my family, and during his performance, I, th- I think he, he played at Caesars, or it was one of the real nice ones, but this is like 95 or so. Yeah. Uh, he would had his paintings in the backdrop right. while he was performing. That reminded me exactly of that. That's really cool. Yeah, so the, these are things that you can and should do, and I bet he sold a lot of paintings doing it that way. You know? Yeah. Um, and there are a lot of, like, even TV stars that did that that sold their art. Um, really? Okay. Yeah. And I'm, I'm trying to think of a couple that all those clown paintings. Who did those? John Wayne Gacy. No. Oh, <laughs> or the guys, the guys in acid bath, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> the the clown paintings was like, um, oh, a famous actor, and he sold all of these clown paintings. She's gonna look it up. Yes. For and <laughs> that's a good thing because. Yes. Um, so there's a lot of people that are really well known doing that, and if your merch is cool, yeah, like for for one of the bands on my label for Pixel Pussy, right? That's their name, we, Pixel Pussy. Yeah, That's we a great sold name. cat toys. Nice. <laughs> right? Nice. And then we put their sticker on it. <laughs> that's really cool. And that's what you should do. And you know what? People liked their Pixel Pussy cat toys. They took them home and played with them. <laughs> I bet they did. Yeah. I want, hell, can I get when, one? When I'll you, take it home and yeah, play with it. Yeah, like, I'll make you a Pixel Pussy cat awesome. toy. That'd be awesome. And so, <laughs> and sometimes that's some of the fun is making your merch, not just selling, like, oh, we got to order these t shirts. Um, yeah, like make your merch. You can even make your own t-shirt. You Sit can. and paint it and let people know you made it and they'll buy it. What's some advice you would give to the younger generation? Isn't this fun now? We get to like <laughs> give advice to the younger generation. 40 is a great thing, right? Um, yeah. What kind of sort of advice would you give to the younger generation um, about trying to be performers, be on stage, play music, what and whatever it is they're doing, whether they're they're doing, you know, the the festivities that happen in the golf world or comedy or music. What kind of advice would you give having done everything that you've done over your career to these people? Um, number 1, get a job. And number 2, be sure your job is flexible because we are no longer living in an age where the record label you can just live off of them and in fact in some ways we never were madonna didn't own that house she might have been worth all of that money uh prince went off all about this you're the slave to the label you don't own shit and so being on a big label is not necessarily a good thing go ahead and be indie go ahead and be on a small label You'll probably make more money. I mean, didn't the guys from Corn? They had to split ten percent between them. Really? <laughs> Something like yeah. That sounds probably about right. And and so just because you're super famous doesn't mean you're super rich. And just because they're dri- letting you drive this fancy car, well, the label owned that. Right. You don't own that. And so you will need a job that supports you, but you will also need a job where if an opportunity comes up, you can say yes. 
that you can take the time off and you can say yes and you can go do this big cool show and maybe not just any show like I was saying people that tour around a lot often end up living in their vehicles they're singing for their supper man and they maybe make it look good but they mm-hmm. are often not financially doing great right and so and I toured around a lot and I did okay but that's because I could go maybe to another city and also the same day with some of the same people that might be at the show book massages and they'd come and get massaged right. you know and then I and that made for a long work day so I'd do the massage and then I'd go have show day <laughs> you know where I'd be doing waxing for people that were then going to the show um I'll never forget that time you made that Instagram post about Brazilian waxing, as a side note. <laughs> oh, I, I've made many, though. I don't know yeah. which one, but... <laughs> there was one specific. It was really funny. My, my promotion is really funny, and it should be, and it, it's effective. Right. So it's always things like like a Yeti, and it'll say, you might need a wax. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it gets more vulgar from there at times. <laughs> Yes, the the Brazilian wax one was pretty vulgar, but it was funny. <laughs> it's I, funny. I still remember it, so you, you did a good job. You still remember, yeah. so if if you're going to get a wax, you're calling me. You're, so. <laughs> you're right. If I'm ever in need of one of those, which I don't know why on earth I would right. be, but you never know. I got I got a manicure for the first time last week. Oh, yeah. For that commercial, yeah. Yeah, because you were a hand model. Yeah. And so That's my new line anymore, Ginger. <laughs> Somebody says something, I'm like, I'm a hand model. <laughs> the first thing you need to do is, yeah, to be the hand model. My my nails aren't even done. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. So the first thing that you need to do is get a job and get one that's flexible and so that you can indeed support yourself. And then maybe sometimes these bigger shows are paying you well. So you're actually making money as an artist and you're ahead of the game instead of living in your freaking car. Right. Um, it sounds good to live full time doing music or performing or whatever it is you're doing, except that unless that is sustaining itself and paying well while you're trying to make your dream happen, you're probably uh, diminishing your returns instead. Understood, yeah. So there, there is something to be said for earning your place and for doing the hard work and and being able to build up. But do it smart. Um, Don't just go out there and let the rest of your life be in shambles and ruin and never really be in a good, stable relationship with anybody because you're on the road. Um, All those one-night stands sound great, and and sometimes they are for about the first month. (laughs) But someday you're going to want somebody to go home to. Right. And and someday you're going to want to feel attached and bonded and not just in a romantic relationship but have friends for real feel normal and feel normal a little bit and have some stability for health's sake and so it sounds nice living that rock style rock star dream but it's not reality no it's a lot of work too it's a lot of a lot of people don't realize the amount of work that goes into a production Mm -hmm. it is a lot of work you're also in the younger generations you're going to need to practice a lot Um, Get good at your instruments. Get good at your instruments. (laughs) Don't expect to be discovered. Don't expect to go on that TV show and get found. Because trust me, you probably don't want to get found um, in that way. Because going back to the record label, that is 
a big marketing scheme for the record label, and yep. some of those people that have won had to go on tour for the next few years on contract, and their lives were ruined, and it sucked for them. And some people turned it around into something great, but many of them did not. And so don't go looking for that. Go looking to get good at what you do. Go expecting to work hard. Go expecting to work very smart. Don't let your whole life be ruined just to make your dream happen. You can make your dream happen. You can go and perform, and you can still have a good, steady, stable life where you do well. And I think sometimes some of that is floated around by powerful people so that you will want to impress gatekeepers and do anything they want you to do. And instead, maybe instead of being the next whatever pop star that probably I can't stand, well, think, <laughs> of, think of Britney Spears and how famous she was. Yeah, wow. And what we're finding out now is that she's been owned most of this time. Like all of it. Like all of it. Yeah. Her father. And well, I just meant her career wise. Yeah, yeah. the record label and her father. She as an adult is not in, they say just her finances, but she's not in control of anything. Anything. They force her to take meds. They decide what she wears. They decide where she's touring. She's declared mentally incompetent. Is that the life you want? Right. Call your own shots and maybe dare to dream that you don't have to be the next big pop star, that maybe your dream is just to perform and be happy. And if that's the case, that's not really minimizing your dream by not playing stadiums all over the world. You're actually being able to play smaller clubs and interact and... And be a functional adult. And be a functional adult. And and have, again, stability and happiness and thrive in, in your life. And that's so much better than being told you have to be on meds all the time and being owned. And can't dress yourself. And can't even dress yourself. Yeah. So There's literally stories of, of artists who, I mean, it's gone yeah. that far. And, well, there is. And Prince talked about this a lot. And they made fun of him. And they mocked him in media a lot because they didn't want that truth to be out. Right. But it is a truth. It is a big truth that you are you a slave to the label the under contract. Where he wrote that and lipstick on his cheek. Yeah. Slave. You know how he got out of that contract, right? I think it was Warner Brothers. Yeah. They ended up doing, he had two records left on that deal. And that's when he changed his name to The Symbol. Yeah. So they ended up having to put Greatest Records out hits out or greatest hits record excuse me yeah out on that and then once those came out the contract was up he got his name back and he had already and what it all stemmed from was that he had he had done an album and they wouldn't put it out and i forget the the name of the album off the top of my head but it was a great album i, I and he, it was when his he was the symbol yeah um, and i want to say diamonds and pearls was on it this is like when we were probably in high school yeah i remember that yeah album. i think and don't quote me again i don't know if if I'm 100% on that. But that's that's very important, I think, for the the youth to understand now. Yeah. Well, people that have tried to leave some of those contracts, they got labeled as crazy. Think about Dave Chappelle. Whatever happened there. Yeah. And they offered him $50 million. What? Yeah. And whatever happened there, he had to flee to freaking Africa. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think that was a meltdown. 
something went on because as as things have come to light over the years so it wasn't my initial thought my initial thought was oh this person's on a lot of cocaine and crazy yeah but as things have come to light over the course of the last many years um probably he wasn't crazy and he was fleeing something yeah and and there's conjecture as to what and there's some pretty good evidence as to what and he's alluded as to what but i can't say for a hundred percent right but there are so many actors out there that as they've tried to say, hey, I couldn't walk from this contract or this person tried to assault me. And some of them were men. Yes. Think about Terry Crews, how they tried to bury him or Brendan Fraser, how they tried to bury him. Cameron Diaz. Yeah. And and so maybe you don't want that kind of fame. Maybe you would rather be happy calling your own shots and being able to be in control of your own life. A band like Tool is a great example of that. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Like, and then what? It was like, what, 13 years from album to album? Yeah. And then when the new one came out, everybody freaked out about it. And then a lot of people were like, that was really underwhelming. I was like, yeah, because you can just go 13 years without making a record and everybody still wants to hear it. Yeah, well, I, I liked their new I album. thought it was great myself, yeah. yeah. So... Um, I think we've had a pretty productive and awesome yeah. conversation. Thank you so much for coming. It's really good to see you again. It's really good to see you again. Thank you. And it's it's yeah. always good. How um, can people follow you uh, in social media? Oh, okay. So Wicked Wonderland Empire, and we're on just about every platform. Um, I'm not on TikTok yet. I should probably do that, but we're I, on I just about I everything think, else. Aren't, isn't that going by the wayside? I don't know. Is it? Yeah, there's something happened where that's going. I know bye they bye. were trying to ban it. Yeah, but I think they did. All I the kids are know. on it. No, it's still there. Is it still there? Yeah. Okay. Um, I've never used it, so <laughs> that's like. Yeah, and so I don't. I haven't used it either. Um, so wow. I'm on just about everything. Ginger, we've gotten old. Yeah. I had to whisper that. Well, <laughs> well, and that I have, but I'm an ancient vampire, so it's okay. I can be old. Oh, that's right. And so you're like actually like 4,200 years old. Yeah. And if, nice. if I get outdated enough, I'll just come back into style eventually. Totally. <laughs> like the vampire Lestat. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll totally work out. So yeah, you can find me on um, Wicked Wonderland Empire on just about every platform. Uh, some I've developed more than others. And so some are very well developed. And some, like mine's, is kind of like this one little room I haven't looked at in a year or two. <laughs> and then I'm also known as the Red Empress when I perform. And then my band is Lithium Dolls. So, yeah, that's how you find me. So we can find you all those ways. I follow yeah. you just, I mean, obviously we know each other personally. So yeah. I, follow, I follow all your stuff. I see you everywhere. I always throw, I'm a, I'm a really big proponent of in the, the promotion of our peers to yeah. make sure to at least show support on that stuff. Because you know how hard it is to get to everybody's shows. Oh, yeah. Like, well, and, and you can um, follow a lot of my public stuff, but... There are some things where I don't just friend everybody on every social media site. I only friend people I know. Right. So I have a lot of friends, but I've met them. <laughs> right. Because I was touring a lot. So I should be m yeah. more like that sometimes. Yeah. On the Facebook especially. Yeah, because <laughs> then you get a lot of people yelling at you. Well, actually, you know what's crazy is all those people that yell at me are yeah. people that I actually know. So they feel good with yelling at you. Well, I guess. <laughs> they must be used to it or something. But yeah. uh, I've, I've really noticed one thing about uh, that. Just And this is just me personally, but a lot of those people are very uh, 
venomous and hateful and spiteful towards me. Yeah. Over like just my, I dare say over my opinions, but it's more like just over over where I'm at as an adult. I I would I think is the best way to put it. Like yeah, where well, I'm I, sitting. I explained some of that. You is did. That, yeah, and you so did. you do get that, and then. Some people are just very different on social media. You sit and talk to them in person, but and you're just great, and everybody gets along. But right. on social media, they are very staunch in their opinions, and they want to dig deep, and they want to get fighty. And yes. if, if you are saying something that does not fit their polarized side, then they hate you. Correct. And it's like, well, wait a minute. I have opened myself up to being able to accept that you also have opinions and I've told you you are free to express them. Correct. Why do we have to have personal attacks? And so I very actively just let people know you're not going to personally attack me or anyone else on my wall. So I'll I'll delete your comment. I'm I've not going to unfriend you. I'm yeah. just going to delete your comment. And so they won't read it, neither will I, if you're going to do that. If you cannot... If that's what you have to resort to and you can't make your point without it, then you had no point. Correct. And I agree with you 100% with that. That was very well put. Thanks. Actually. So, um, you got anything in closing, really, pretty much? You got anything coming up uh, entertainment-wise? Um, we're soon, doing or? Electric Tea Party on the 19th, and that's a virtual show. Okay. And that's going to be pretty cool. We've got some good people on the bill, and so that's something to look up on our site. And um, we're going to do that till things open up enough that we feel safe and uh, comfortable with with everybody being able to be together personally. Um, and give hugs. And give hugs. Yes. And, I mean, there is a lot of ways to practice safety and still be able to do things like give hugs. And I also am kind of on board with you in, in looking at numbers we had we had a very poor reaction to how things went, but, um, you know, I think that we can still manage to do things a certain way and instill, and so a lot of our shows will be virtual for a while. Yes, and they will be. We're developing a platform where when they do open up and we do have live shows, this is a platform we're going to continue to use so that people all over the world can participate. Agreed. And so I'm I think that's a great idea. Yeah. So I'm developing that and I'm using this time to develop that so that nice. you can be anywhere and participate in a show or you can purchase the video of what happened at the show after the fact. And we'll have things pointed at like a couple of scene spaces or the stage so that people know if they're walking into it we're not just going to film everybody that's at a party right you know so people will know that they're well, being filmed. you have a purpose yeah and and so that way you can participate in either way personally i like being at a live show and the energy of doing that and being able to see my friends Me too. and it is very different but um, it is nice when, hey, your favorite band is performing across the world. You're obviously not flying there, so you could pay a fee to watch the show. Online. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. That'd so that's what great. we're doing. Yeah. That sounds really cool. And then um, can people find the – and what's it called again? The next event? The um, tea party? Electric Tea yeah, Party. Electric Tea Party. Okay. I want to make yeah. sure I said it right. Um where can we find that on Facebook or yeah. Facebook Live? So it's on. Um, you would not be able to watch it without purchasing a ticket, and then you get okay. ticketing instructions, and so, and the video gets sent to you. 
Oh, I see. And yeah, and we send out the links as it's time to watch the link. I get it. And okay. so you're all watching it together at the same time, and that's very kind of cool. a cool way to do that's it. That's way cool. That's yeah. actually a very new way of doing that to yeah. me, at least. Um, I've never heard of anybody. Excuse me. I've never heard of anybody doing it that way. I don't think they have. I think yeah. I just sort of made it up in my own head because I was sitting here with this, this puzzle of how do I solve this? I don't want to be yet another person doing a live stream event for free. Um, not just, I don't always make a lot of money, so I don't want to sound money centric, um, when I'm putting on a show, but my performers need paid. Correct. And, and not just cause they're demanding it, they deserve that unless they have chosen to work for a percentage or they are, um, working for, sometimes I'll let them come and get spa services if that's what they want for their pay yeah. or whatever, um, because they might need it. Uh, maybe they would like to avoid surgery today, so right. I'm probably going to give them double the spa services, perhaps. But they deserve to get something, and then whoever is helping put that together and the behind-the-scenes people, they deserve to get they deserve something. To get paid, yeah. And I think that it's a very bad idea to continue putting all of this stuff out for free all the time because people do not value what they get for free. Right. And then they will come to expect that everything should be free. And how are we supposed to maintain a music industry that isn't making any money at all? Um, you need to get something. People have to take time off work. People have to get babysitters. Mm -hmm. They have to buy equipment. They have to buy costumes. They need at least a break even on a show. Right. And if we're just going, go out there, slave, and work for us and cracking a whip, you know, that's that's really not good for our performers, and it will make it so that the people that are truly talented stop performing. That's and a very good point. That you will only get very, very bad subpar performances from people that just don't care if they make any money at it. And so we, I looked at this and I went, how can we make it so that this is affordable for people at home? It's fun and entertaining and worth it for people at home. They'll enjoy it. It's worthwhile for them. And that also the performers from around the world that are in this get paid. And this is just kind of what I came up with. And then we're all interacting with it at the same time. Right. We, That's very cool. Yeah. I like the concept. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, people can steal it. I, I put it on a podcast for a reason. By all means, use that and do it and develop your format. And maybe you'll do yeah, it right. better than me and I'll steal from you. I don't care. You know, <laughs> I think we should have more of that kind of, I don't think it's stealing, but I mean, just kind of like someone comes up with an idea and then I'm like, like you come up with an idea yeah. and then I make it better and then you, then you take it back and make it better. And then, you know what I mean? Yeah. And well, kind of build everybody kind of come together and build each other up and, and create there. There are some nuances to that. Like for some people, you, you might go to a show and see a show you really liked and then totally take somebody else's total look. And that's really not a good way to go, like totally taking their show. But for some things, you might go, hey, that's a good idea. How about I incorporate, incorporate some, of some of that into what I'm doing and build on it? And you might even talk to that person and say, hey, or when you go ahead and post about it or, or promote it, you pay homage to that and say, we got that idea from this. So, hey, buy their thing. Right. And, and then you're networking instead of just taking it, you know. Very well said. <laughs> yeah. I like that idea. Well, and that's always, you know, like um, been my thing. 
you know, and, and yeah, you've on, always on been a networker side. as far as I've yeah, known. the networking and and the just getting stuff out there and and borrowing and 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 trading and throwing ideas, making sure people get paid. Yeah. Another thing too, I think is important, and this is my advice to all the youngsters: learn how to negotiate. Yeah, definitely learn learn how to negotiate your pay. Yes. And and what you're getting out of a show because it's not always all about pay. Um, right. And there are a lot of things on a contract, so look yes. over. And don't what negotiate a for free alcohol. Yeah. That's like, and you remember back in the the early 2000s, like when I moved here in 2000. Back in those days, I mean, we used to get like play shows and we'd make like a hundred bucks and get hammered for free. Yeah. Like people would go out to party and there was always the built in crowd. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then fast forward 15 years and now, you know, like circa 2015 or so. And then it's just like there's a show everywhere every night and nobody cares. And they're just out to like, like people are actually going out to go to the shows and they're partying less. Yeah. 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 A lot of times if I'm performing, I give myself a two drink and, and sometimes I, I ask my band to kind of keep to that too. Yeah. Um, until after the show's over because I don't want to get up on stage and Amy Winehouse it, you know, Ooh, and what'd she do? <laughs> she, she, uh, in, in Japan, she got booed off the stage, which is really hard to do. I think it was Japan or was it Korea? Somewhere in, in Asia. Japan? Yeah, and that's really hard to do because those they are forgiving yeah. audiences, and she was so bad. And then I think she felt too, but um, it's because she was real fucked up. Okay, and it's really sad, and her whole story and her whole life is really sad. Oh, but it was. Yeah, let's not go out and be those broken people. You know, let's let's right. try to do better. And even sometimes the point of my art, like lithium dolls is called lithium dolls for a reason, because I had the ability when I was much younger, I was one of those people diagnosed with depression as a teenager. And I had a choice to make. Am I going to take the med or am I going to try to work on this? And so instead I did diet and counseling and that did work. Nice. And I got off of that diagnosis you know and so um that is possible i don't think it's necessarily possible for every single person but it is very possible and for most people a lot of depression isn't isn't uh necessarily the reuptake system that they talk about it's uh, a lot of times it is something wrong in your body and whether that's a chemical imbalance or whether or not it's a dietary imbalance or maybe you have a thyroid problem, or maybe you have heart disease. Um, it can be a number of things, and sometimes they're just way too quick to diagnose it as that. To put Band-Aids on it. Uh-huh. As opposed to actually figure out the root cause. And get that Prozac kickback. I can just write that right, right now. And right. so There's with, a thousand bucks. Yeah. So with <laughs> lithium dolls, um, it was all about that. And and it was a DJ friend of mine that coined the term, but he talked about, yeah, well, I could sit in the corner and be some lithium doll. Um, oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> you know, or I could learn to get better and I could do well with my life. And um, we were talking about that because we had both done the same thing. We were talking about how we had done those things. And... I was like, I really like that. I'm going to name my band that because <laughs> I had a band at the time. And so. And how um, long ago did you start Lithium Dolls? Um, I guess I've had it for about a decade or so. Okay. Now, 
And so it has been a while. I had slowed things down with it a little bit because I had my little boy. Um, but in some ways, that actually ended up benefiting me instead of going and being a road slave. <laughs> so right. um, that was good. So with that band, a lot of our songs can come off on the surface as being very trite. Uh, and if you want to interpret it that way, that's cool. It's still fun. But then a lot of them have an underlying message about this is what life is like when you are either self or, or prescription medicating and doing all the drugs and drinking and what it's going to be like for you and what goes on in your head. And this is all of the damage and how to, and so in a way it's a message about how to deal with that and, okay. and presenting here is you being broken and and here's you dancing around being this broken little doll, or you can transcend. And so I think that with your art, you can put out these messages about doing more than just being some broken little doll out there, right? right. So, yeah. Anyways, um, I think we were due to go ahead and wrap you we up were. like a while ago. It's all right. Hey, I like I said, it's freeform. <laughs> yeah. So, no, that's awesome, Ginger. Again, it's great to see you again. It's been a while. No, it's been yeah. since what last summer. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's been just past a year. <laughs> yeah, just over because yeah. Wine Fest was on the tenth last year. So, yeah. But it's great to see you. Thanks for coming out and coming over. Um, tell Emmanuel I said hi. I will. Um, I haven't seen him in exactly because I saw him the last time At I the saw same you. Time. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and everybody out there, Channel Ninety Nine Studio on the YouTube. And uh, this is episode two of Sorry About Your Feelings. We had a great conversation. Yeah. Ginger Christensen, again, my guest. Thanks. And you know where to follow her. Pay attention. Watch till the end. And we want to thank Tim Meyer and uh, the producer of the show and Channel 99 Studio. Uh, from the safe space, I'm Jimmy Rhodes. Uh, love you. Bye. Bye.